0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting
2: Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates.
0: Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, the weekly comic book podcast brought to you by King's Comics in Sydney. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coons. And every single motherfucking week, we <laughs> read all the comics that come out and let you know which were the good ones, which were the bad ones. And uh, it's up to you to argue with us online about whether we made the right call. Absolutely. It's all on you. Yeah. Um, we, we do very little effort. Yeah. And uh, the true. rest relies on you. Um, it's actually an enormous effort uh, to read all these comics. And, yeah. uh And uh, this week, uh, I felt the sting.
1: Yeah, the bad thing, the hard thing is when there's something that you actually really want to read and you're like, no, I have to plow through, like, all these comics first.
0: Yeah, I left Jazz Maynard Volume 2, Issue Number 1, as my very last comic, my little reward tree, for getting self-treat. through everything else. Yeah. Um, but uh, there were some incredible surprises in here. It were also, a pretty good week. The, I, like, there is no worse uh, combination of words... Uh, when you have to read fifty comics, or you know, how many mm. comics we read this week, um, then eighty-page giant, Ugh, and yeah. a, that was on two comics I read this week. <laughs> there were lots of big, big, extra bit long specials for Annuals, Valentine's Day,
1: yeah, romance.
0: Um, but uh, we're going to get to them very, very soon. Um, just letting you know that all the comics that we talk about, including the eighty-page giants, they have an entire rack dedicated only to mm. eighty-page giants. Uh, yep. every, every comic that we talk about mm. on the show uh, can be found at King's Comics. Um, in Sydney, which Mm -hmm. is 310 Pitt Street, if you're Mm -hmm. ever in Sydney, or you can find them online, kingscomics.com. Lovely, just very easy to deal with, online service team that love getting your most very specific... Um, emails or completely unspecific emails. You know
1: what they love? They love it when you send an email that says, "Can you please ensure these comics will be mint when they arrive to me?"
0: But what they love everyone, the most?
1: Everyone send that email. What
0: they love the most is when you tr- when when you nine point eight grading tr- when probably. you try when you try to pay for a six dollar comic with a check is probably their favorite thing. Uh, so let's get to the reviews. We begin every show by, uh, reviewing all the number ones that came out last week. Um, and there were so frigging many, like I had like, I purposely like got on the wrong train on Friday Mm. so I could like... Just to spend more time. Because you know, once I get home, I'm not going to read comics. No. But the train, the train's the baby. best place to do it. So I got on a wrong train, that took me to a wrong station. And then I sat for a 15-minute wait for the next train to go back in the other direction. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting through all these comics. How great. And then I got home, like, how many comics did I read on this incredible adventure? And it was 13. And then I looked at my number ones pile, and there were 15 comics yeah. in it. I was like, I just didn't feel like I made a dent at all. Well, no, no, anyway, let's. <laughs> this, is, this
1: is the best way to consume comics, right?
0: Yeah, getting the wrong train.
1: Just mad. <laughs>
0: Just terrible decisions.
1: Forcing them down our eye holes.
0: Uh, So First Things First is the name of the segment in which we review all of the number ones that came out last week. And we're going to kick things off with uh, the publishers that put out the most number ones. Mm. Oh, actually, no, Marvel and DC both tied. But uh, I think DC put out the more interesting number ones this week. So we'll talk about them first. And we're going to kick off with uh, uh, the same way we kicked off last week's episode, um, with a little peer into DC's Young Animal Universe, their Milk Wars event. Last week we got a slightly disappointing um, Justice League of America crossing over with Doom Patrol.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And this week uh, we have one of our favourite young animal books, Mother Panic, crossing over with Batman. Uh, This is written by regular Mother Panic writer Jody Hauser with uh, new guest artist Ty Templeton. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we've got um, uh, completing the team, um, Kieran Smith. And then uh, there's a backup by Madeline Visaggio and Sunny Liu at the end too. Uh, But Milk Wars is this... Very strange event in which uh, the young animal universe comes head-to-head with like DC characters. However, they've been infected with this weird milk that makes yeah. them uh, act strange.
1: Mind control milk.
0: Mind control milk. And uh, where it was a complete nonsensical, hard-to-read mess for some parts of the Doom Patrol issue, uh, this just, it, it was a joy for Absolutely. me to read. Um, it felt really well in tone with the regular 12 issues of, uh, of Mother Panic that we've gotten mm-hmm. so far but also having lots of fun with this very silly concept for an event and having fun with being able to use Batman. Absolutely. uh, A milk infected. Yeah. So Batman is a priest. Um, and we get a brilliant flashback to, um, Frank Miller's year one story, um, where, you know, normally at 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 the lowest point in his life, the bat crashes through the window and Batman says, yes, father, I will become a bat. But in this one, um, he, uh, like a, a priest crashes through the window and gives him this milk. And then we get this brilliant panel of, of Bruce Wayne saying, yes, father, I shall become a priest. Crying. Uh, so he actually saying it to a father. Like, I love it. Of the, of the church.
1: And they've given him like aesthetically. I love priest Batman. He looks like a funky reverend from the 60s. Yes. With the Adam West little half moon smiley eyes. Blah! Yeah. I loved everything. About so great, this. And so fun.
0: Almost like his costume looks like it would have appeared in like a uh, like an advert that everyone hopes that they, that everyone forgets about. Like, yeah. a, have, hey, hey, kids, have you tried the Christian Church? Yeah, like, exactly.
1: <laughs> Batman's uh, cool, but have you heard about Jesus?
0: Yeah, um, I thought this is awesome. Um yeah. and I love that like this ends in a similar way to the Doom Patrol ended with um, the, the cro- uh, uh, Cave Carson's eye showing up and mm-hmm. then teleporting them all so it looks like the finale of this is going to be an absolute mess because it's going to be all of the young animal characters together in this milkified universe mm-hmm. but I don't know uh, the journey to get there um, through this issue has been fun through all these uh, titles that I really love I mean next week we get um, the shade the changing girl issue yes, before she becomes shade the changing woman great um, so uh, yeah look, this is this is a much much a step in the right direction for this uh, for this crossover for me
1: absolutely I really love this Ty Templeton does such a great job Um with the art. I loved his sort of take on her costume. It's really fun. Me too. Um, And I I liked this because there was like some genuine character development for Violet and we saw more of the relationship with her mom. Yeah. And they had a different moment. So It it wasn't like it was just a tie in. If you are a fan of this series, more so than you're like reading the crossover, I think this is like... A great thing, and necessary
0: reading if you are, uh, you know, if you plan to continue reading Mother Panic, I think absolutely because Batman is actually in Mother Panic regularly anyway. Like, yeah. she, she's based in Gotham, and now Batman knows that uh, that Ratcatcher lives, um, lives with her, lives with her, which is funny. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. this I also great.
1: liked uh, Vicar Batman and his um, holy sidekick choir of merciful justice there's <laughs> a <laughs> whole team of orphans that he's taken on and who all dressed like robin it's great great, it was, great yeah great. it was
0: really fun to, to see hauser get goofy because she Absolutely. really is able to um and also uh, if you enjoyed ty templeton's art on this he will be doing the next issue of moon Knight. oh cool um, i think it's gonna be like a big flashback kind of silver age throwback issue fun real I'm fun idea that. good good pick for that too Absolutely. um so elsewhere in dc uh, number ones this week we got two specials uh two 80 page giants um, and both of them featuring literal giants on the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, Swamp Thing was the, was the DC star this week. Uh, he got the Swamp Thing winter special, um, which was 7 and featured the last story um, written by Len Wein, the um, creator of Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. with art by Kelly Jones, who also uh, did the cover and first story in the uh, Young Monsters in Love special that we'll talk about next. Um, but the, uh, the bulk of this uh, Swamp Thing winter special was written by Siobhan's just favourite writer, My Tom absolute King absolute best friend um, With um, art by Jason Fabok
1: Love Jason Fabok
0: He was so good on this too Yeah, um, absolutely And then uh,
1: Good you, melancholy
0: we had Swamp uh, Thing vibe Colours on the uh, Fabok story by Brad Anderson um, So uh, before we talk about this issue, I just like, you know, quick questionnaire for our listeners uh, Do you love children dying?
1: Do you love that? Do you love that? Is that your favorite thing to read in a comic book about winter?
0: This any... I, I just like... like the, the Tom King bingo board now Absolutely. is like, you know, unbelievably handi- heavy-handed new take on beloved superhero. Yep. Um, and then... Very,
1: very bleak look at the universe. Saying the message of the book a number of times, like literally in words, like, yeah. <laughs> like the least the least subtle message of all time. Like the people literally ugh, It's
0: fine. using like, a using a a, a mundane like, uh voiceover from something yes. completely unrelated in this yeah. case a sports game.
1: It's like it's like saying the name of the movie in the movie. I feel like it's equivalent to that. The number of times he's just like the only monster out there is you. You saying this we is some kind it. of suicide we squad. We get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um ah I mean, like, I probably enjoyed this more than I've enjoyed most. Mr. Miracle. Most of. Uh, what's this?
0: Really? You enjoyed this more than Mr. Miracle? So, I like this. Mr. Miracle mission. is extremely my shit. Did you read the last of Mr. Miracle yet? No. You need to pick it up for this before the next one comes Fine. out. Um, um
1: Like, I thought this was. It was sad, but it was kind of beautiful and, like, a, you know. Regeneration-y, Swamp thing sort of way. But it was, like, very, very heavy-handed having the villain be in the form of, like, a tiny child who he then has to murder while staring into his eyes as he tells him how much he loves him.
0: Horrible. Yeah, so the whole thing is uh, uh, Swamp Thing making his way through the uh, the colds of winter, um, holding a child, and um, trying to escape a monster. Um, and we never actually see the form of the monster that they're running away from. And, uh, spoilers, uh, Swamp Thing realises that uh, you know, as he starts decaying because of, uh, because of, you know, being away from the green for so long, mm-hmm. um, he realizes that it would take him years to reach the point that he's reached um, of like, you know, him of his body diminishing. Mm. Um, but the kid that he's holding hasn't aged a day. Mm. So clearly that's the monster and he must die. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, mm. Yeah. So I, I, I think it was an enjoyable read that you could just kind of see, the like, oh boy, this is gonna get real grim, yeah, 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 like
1: immediately. It, it
0: was just an, an extremely Tom King story, yeah, like for a relatively new writer who I've only been reading the stories of for what five years at most. Is that mm. how long ago he I, I started reading the Grayson stuff that he did? I guess so. Um, wow. yeah, I can't
1: believe he did Grayson, yeah, that's so crazy, yeah, it's, what a tonally different it was him and vibe. him and Sealy
0: together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's just so funny that I've you know, you, you can kind of... You can pick it. You can stereotype a, 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 a Tom King story now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He definitely has, like, a style.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, if and if that style is absolutely for you, then so is this this story. Yes. Um,
1: However, the Len Wein-Kelly Jones story in the back was, like, gorgeous.
0: And it was really cool the way they... Basically, we, we just get the Kelly Jones art with no, mm-hmm. no dialogue, and um, you can follow somewhat... Of the story, yeah, 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 um, uh, which is a story about um, Swamp Thing, uh, and and Solomon Grundy's involved, and Batman's eventually involved. Um, like, and uh, there's no dialogue, and so there are, you're definitely kind of filling the gaps, wondering what, what's happening. And then you get, uh, as soon as the the art's done, you just get Lem Wayne's script, um, so you can kind of read each paragraph of his script and then go back and look at the art that Kelly Jones did.
1: I really enjoyed that. I think that's like worth it to get the comic.
0: Yeah, I agree too. If and you, there's it's,
1: also a beautiful um, Bernie Wrightson splash page in the back as well. There's a little like R.I.P. Bernie Wrightson. Yeah,
0: so it's a, it's a great little tribute to two of uh, DC's more, more beloved kind of horror creators. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, definitely worth, worth reading. Especially, I mean, I, I'm someone that always geeks out reading the way writers write their scripts. Absolutely. Because what we see in the finished form is so vastly different to, you know, you know how much of the how much of the panel do they describe? I know some some don't do any, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. others like Alan Moore will d- will take three three books to describe one panel. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a really really fitting and, and lovely tribute. Absolutely. Um, and then we get move over to Young Monsters in Love, um, which features uh, Frankenstein getting cucked <laughs> on, on the front cover <laughs> uh, by Swamp Thing um, as his uh, as his wife his bride. Um, hooks up with Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited that was going to be a story uh, oh, they in the issue. They tricked, they tricked you. So, in a way, I was the one getting cucked. <laughs> this was My a... This is the real cuck. Oh, boy. Is that going to be the name of this episode? <laughs> um, so the So, uh, this is an anthology featuring um, a, a ton of uh, very cool uh, DC talent. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, great. It's a Valentine's Day special for monsters how Mm. fun and then like three stories in I'm like man have any of these creators ever been in love before (laughs) (laughs) because everything is really really tragic yeah this Um, was
1: like the saddest romance comic and then
0: I turn the back cover and it's like a, a, a a love heart kind of Cracked in half from, yeah. by lightning, so it is. It's all these tragic love stories.
1: But like that's that's monsters, you know. Like that is Frankenstein, and like that is Man Bat. Sure, the Man Bat story about him, like being divorced from his wife, was really sad, but I liked
0: it. Yeah, a me lot. too. And fuck uh, Kelly Jones can draw a hell out of a. a, a while while he can't that's really draw really a man. regular man's face very well, <laughs> he can draw the hell out of it—a big enormous monster. The Solomon
1: um, Grundy one was very sad.
0: Yeah, um, and uh, I th- I, even though it was like the most heavy-handed um, in the book, like uh, Dead Man basically like helping a, a bullied kid not be bullied. Yeah, um, I liked that. I really liked it because it was like just the happiest one in there. And I a-
1: didn't know Gear March could draw um, children that well. Yeah, I mostly know him for drawing sexy ladies.
0: <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that was probably the art highlight of the um, of the issue too. Absolutely, uh, Gear March and uh, and and Paul Dini.
1: And also um, the Fraser Irving. Swamp Thing,
0: sorry, which was uh, written was written by Flintstones and Snagglepuss scribe, um, what's his name? Mark Russell. Mark Russell.
1: But then also Steve Orlando gave me like everything that I want in my entire life by doing this incredible, like really genuinely touching Monsieur Mala and the Brain story,
0: which is uh, the, uh, the 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 one of the many apes in the um, yes. in the DC universe, the gorillas, sorry, who are. Uh, was he an ape or a gorilla? He's a gorilla. Um, who, uh, who can talk, Yeah. are no, bad guys, but he carries around the brain. Because well, he's, a...
1: like, a gorilla gorilla, so he's got, like, the beret and the, That's right. like, machine gun, yeah. and he's draped in bullets.
0: And, yeah, they saw, they saw him, uh, you know, get confronted by Maggie Sawyer, who, um, who d- tries to give him what he wants before he gets taken away, and that mm. was to, be, to allow he, the love of his life, um, the brain that he carries <laughs> around, to see him who he, for who he really is. Um, and, uh, I thought that this is probably my favorite thing that Steve Orlando's done since Midnighter.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I loved this. I thought it was so beautiful and well done and touching and exactly the kind of thing that you can only get from superhero comics.
0: Yeah, I think that was like, that was, that's the kind of monster love story I wanted. 100%. because like it was, there was, the tragedy wasn't the forefront. Yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. I think for a lot of the other ones, it absolutely was like, yeah. yeah um, yeah. Yeah this is this is great there was some excellent art on display and some very fun uh little, some fun and sad stories within it. Um this, yeah. this is my favorite of uh, the recent kind of DC anthologies that we've gotten.
1: Absolutely I agree this is like something a little bit different for them.
0: Young Monsters in Love.
1: Get it from Monsieur Malar.
0: Definitely. Uh, so those are the DC number ones this week. And we got also got three number ones from Marvel this week. Um, and uh, one of them was a brand new X-Men book, um, which I didn't think I was looking forward to because of uh, that recent Jean Grey event that we read. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is the leader of this team. Um, and I was just like, I don't really want Jean Grey. I don't care about her as a character. And no writer has ever tried to make me do that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, then wouldn't you know it, writer Tom Taylor does exactly that in a matter of seconds. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, written by Tom Taylor with art by Mahmoud, was it Mahmoud uh, Azra? Mahmoud? Mahmoud Az Azra. Sorry, I'm, I'm going from memory because only his last name is written on the cover. Um, and, uh, we'll tell you the colorist when we get to it. I'm <laughs> Sforchina. The s- 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 there
1: you go. Thank I you. i have Sforchina.
0: Um, and this is the team of, uh, Jean Grey, Namor, Nightcrawler. Um, Wolverine, a.k.a. X-23, and Gabby, a.k.a. Honey Badger.
1: And then also two people that I don't know called Trinnery and Gentle. Right. Neither of which are good hero r- names.
0: They don't really make the cover either, so they're kind of going to be background characters. Yeah. But basically this is like uh, Jean Grey, you know, she's returned to Earth and, um, well, returned to the living world, mm-hmm. and uh, she, she, it's not, you know, shit's fucked up, Shivon, in this world. It's fucked up, man. You know, we, we have our little corner of escapism, the, these, these comics that we read but outside I mean if you're taking a look out the window Siobhan it's no good
1: I don't have windows there's no windows in King's Comics <laughs>
0: no there really isn't, really um, isn't. so yes Jean is like well I'm going to fix the world and, yeah. and I'm want, finally I want, someone's I wanna, doing it I want, and I know that I'm going to make a lot of enemies in this process but this is what needs to be done and she's the first thing she does is go to the UN and demands that uh, mutants <laughs>
1: like, stop killing mutants guys yeah,
0: and, and she wants <laughs> mutants to be represented at the United Nations
1: which, like, I think Tom Taylor did a good job of this issue, but it did read, like, almost every single X-Men number one that I can ever remember. Like, someone going in front of, like, the UN and totally, being like, yeah. mutants have rights, and then being tricked into, it looks like Jean Grey killed someone, but really she didn't. But now everyone hates mutants even more. That's happened in, like, a, a bajillion X-Men
0: comics. But films. I know I know that, and but that's what... Marvel have kind of been doing with all of these new X Men books. It's like, oh, remember when the X Men yeah, did this? Yeah. We're going to give you more of what you want, and this is actually what I want. Yeah. It's that story that I'm familiar with, but it's a new take on it. And Tom Taylor's writing, especially his dialogue of characters, like there's a team of every character that I love. Like I love Nightcrawler. I fucking love Namor, and he's sexy as all heck in this book. Um, and then you so know, so good. And then Wolverine. Tom Taylor knows exactly what we want. Tom Taylor's fans. Wolverine uh, book has been awesome, and and yep. I love um, Laura and Gabby in that. And so having them here and for it not like Gabby's one of those characters that's only been written by Tom Taylor so mm-hmm. having her in this book that he's written it doesn't it's not like when you know we see Moongirl show up in someone else's book and it just seems like this is not this, this ain't my hashtag my Girl. not my mother fucked it up whatever no, don't, it don't use hashtags anymore they're great. boring they're dumb it's a dumb way to communicate
1: um, but I did I, I did enjoy this I enjoyed this for, like, A, I think Tom Taylor's strong suit may not be first issues, but it's long runs where he does, like, lots of character development and lots of story happens. So I'm just I'm all the way on board. Because yeah, if
0: there's one thing Marvel know how to do in 2018, it's long X-Men runs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So I reckon we get 18 at most of this.
1: But then also, one of my favourite X-Men villains is, looks like it's going to be the big bad of this arc, which is excellent news. Uh yes, uh,
0: if if you are a fan of uh, Grant Morrison's new X Men run, you will be mm-hmm. very happy by the final page.
1: Also, the next cover has Nightcrawler with a beard. Yes, please.
0: Yeah, so I guess the next issue is going to be like how he grew this beard. Yeah, I hope so. And like just every day looking in a mirror and like, ooh, progress, <laughs> mine, f- f- mine friend. his <laughs> 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 his mirror is his friend i uh, So also from Marvel this week, we got Infinity Countdown, Adam Warlock number one. And this is uh, the, big, the the road to the big cosmic event um, that's being helmed by Jerry Duggan spinning out of his great Guardians of the Galaxy run.
1: Oh, does that mean I have to read Guardians of the Galaxy to understand what's going to happen
0: in it? No, because that, that's, that series is taking a uh, hiatus while this event goes on. Ah, so it's only going to be Infinity Countdown event right now. Um, and uh, a great way to get uh, new people uh, excited and uh, about this new event is to have Mike Elrod mm. and uh, his Laura wife, Elred. Laura Elrod, uh, show up to do artwork. Um, and uh, it's this really, really fun uh, kind of retelling the history of um, Adam Warlock, which would normally be, like, tedious, but because it's Mike gives Mike Elrod a chance to just kind of draw these big events in Marvel history, it's just such a joy to, to flick through.
1: It's like the most gorgeous, like, Marvel cosmic stuff that you could imagine
0: including that brilliant thing like you know looking into the future and seeing all of the all of your beloved Marvel characters strewn across a deserted landscape dead as all hell absolutely um and uh yeah but this is basically like a a kind of team up between Adam Warlock and um and Kang the Conqueror um which is always fun having Kang around Mm -hmm. um and we get to see the insides of like Kang's kind of like treasure room, mm-hmm. um, which contains like uh, you know the, the Weapon X suit that um that you know and and, and Wolverine's original skeleton I guess. Um, we see the um, the head of Zorn. Um, there's a, a Sanctum Santorum um, kind of window, and then oh, and the the, the Cerebo chair. There's all these great Marvel artifacts, and in the middle of it is Jack Kirby's desk, so good, which is really really sweet little tribute. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, this doesn't really set up much for the Infinity event itself. Um, we just know that someone else is, uh, is you know, assembling the stones, the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. um, and this is more about the role that Adam Warlock is going to play in the Marvel Universe um, very, very soon.
1: Yeah, I love this. I know nothing about Adam Warlock, um, so I really enjoyed having this, like, excellent little recap, so gorgeously illustrated. This is super worthwhile getting. If so only just for how... Crazy good, or it draws beast. Yeah, I would love just him to just do a beast book.
0: Yeah, it's really really good. Good, awesome stuff. Um, yeah, so it looks uh, there's some, there's some fun stuff on the way with this fun of infinity event. And for those of you asking where Wolverine is, it looks like he's going to be playing a big part. Thank goodness. Um, so the final DC, uh, sorry, Marvel book that I read, no, number one that is. There's plenty <laughs> more to come later in the episode. Um, was a uh, every movie they they just every big MCU movie they decide to put out a bunch of like extra comics featuring the hero that they are that, that's in the movie, and that's fair enough. But they also put out this one, number one will be just like, just a one shot, which is this really really tepid, boring one shot story. And then the backup is, like, their first appearance. Yeah. Um, And for, like, you know, those of you interested in the first appearance of Black Panther, I mean there are other ways to read um, the Fantastic Four issue number 53 the first appearance of Black Panther written by Stan Lee with pencils by Jack Kirby um, and you know its existence alone in this uh, is, is kind of worth at least a yeah, flip through because there's some brilliant um, you know I, I just love Kirby's just thing Kirby. his absolutely. thing is so good
1: it's so good his thing is <laughs> magnificent
0: um, but before we get there we have to read uh, yeah, this uh, an issue uh,
1: not if you just skip the whole story which is what I did after I got halfway through and decided it was boring
0: yeah it was written by Ralph Macchio with art by Andrea DeVito and colours by Laura Villari all of whom I assume are quite good talents when they're not tasked with writing a tepid kind of story featuring the, the, the heroes and villains of the new MCU film that can't really do much in the way of, you know, Exploring anything yeah. to do with the characters,
1: just like Claw. He's a sound guy. Powers a little bit confusing. I don't think they're going to be like that in the quick fight. He's movie. O- he. T-
0: he takes him down. The end. You know. It's but pretty... also,
1: look, Black Panther is smoking in the Kirby one. I like that. That's mad. Just he like lights up, smoking, lights up a cigarette.
0: Smoking is probably the coolest.
1: I think it's the coolest thing ever.
0: We smoke every issue, <laughs> every episode, I, and every issue. I I, I, I yeah. smoke a new cigarette for every issue of comics <laughs> I read, which I light using the previous comic that I'd just finished reading <laughs> um, over to Image Now who also put out three number ones this week good lord um, and uh, we have uh, a long-awaited uh, book "Verses," which has been written by Ivan Brandon with art by Isad Ribic uh,
1: I've been telling everyone that um, Jonathan Hickman not Hickman Jon- uh, oh, what's his name Kirkman Kirkman wrote this Robert Kirkman for some reason I conflated this in my head with the new Kirkman series so apologies if I told you that
0: um, Ivan, it's not written, I, Ivan Brandon is uh, the writing partner of Latour on mm-hmm. that, um, that Black Cloud. Black Cloud. He's um, done other stuff as other well. Other stuff too, yeah, definitely. Um, but that's what I most recently read his stuff on. And um, Asad Ribic. Ribic, Ribic, yeah, you're right. It's definitely. I think it's probably the, the, I don't know. the Croatian guy that, that corrects me on our, yes. in our Facebook group isn't around anymore, so not, no one will be angry <laughs> at me this week.
1: Probably best known for his Thor stuff. Yeah. Ribic, not the guy from the Facebook
0: And uh, group. all of the uh, Hickman. Um, uh, Secret Wars yes, event too. Um, so,
1: big cosmic stuff.
0: Yeah, and so it was actually quite surprising seeing him through faces that weren't Marvel characters.
1: Mm, absolutely. Because he's expecting just... Thor to rock up.
0: Totally. Um, but this is uh, like a reality TV show set in space in which it's almost like a Hunger Games-esque yeah, kind of thing.
1: it's like a sport. It's like war. War is literally a sport.
0: Um, and we follow uh, this one hero who is blue um <laughs> Baba Diva. <laughs> um and uh, he gets injured and it's kind of it jumps between time between from him being injured and then him uh, on the road to recovery and wanting to get back in the battle.
1: Yeah. I I thought this was gonna really not appeal to me at first until I realised that it was like a sports thing. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I'm on board. That's kinda of fun. Yeah. Like I like the little um Sort of in-panel stuff, and I like the cute little commentaries on sort of future sci-fi. Like they're all, like people have commercial breaks during their conversations.
0: Yeah, and and you can't you, you, like it's it's can't bad. You, you can't fight during the commercial breaks. Yeah, so it, even, you get pen- pen- no matter how like you know rampant your bloodlust is at the time, you just got to tone it down. Wait for the commercial break to finish, and then continue the fight. I um, thought oh, this was pretty good fun. Yeah, it was fun. It reminded me a lot of Motor Girl. Um, yep. with its kind of like meta. Um, weird kind of pop-up ads throughout mm-hmm. um, the panels. But I think um,
1: this does it a little bit more successfully. Yeah, I like too. this
0: more. Um, uh, and, yeah, I think this did just enough for me to continue reading. Uh, I think we'll get better once the story develops. Um, th- all this does really in this issue is kind of world-building and introducing us to this main character Absolutely. who is blue.
1: He is a blue man. Bubba Dee, Bubba Die. I could do with more ladies in this. It's a little bit hetero... He-Man, Call of Duty vibes sure for me. But um, I, it look, did, it looks I like did enjoy it.
0: Those, those looming eyes behind our blue hero uh, on the front cover of the next issue, potentially a female eyes? I
1: don't know. There's no like There's no, long, beautiful eyelashes, so how could I possibly tell?
0: I don't know if Isad Rivich is an eyelash guy. Hmm. We'll find out. Can't wait to find out if he's an eyelash guy <laughs> in issue two. Uh, but uh, now let's talk about the uh, issue that I bet was Siobhan's favourite comic ah. of the
1: week. It was <laughs> <laughs>
0: Twisted Romance, issue one of four. This is a new weekly series uh, for the, for the month of February, uh, which uh, has the bulk of which is written by Alex DeCampi um, with art on this issue, this first issue, by Katie Skelly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have uh, a kind of two backup pieces. One of them is a, a comic written and drawn by Majin Cubed. Majin Cubed, no, and, no, no, Sarah Horrocks Sarah does Horrocks, the, um, comic.
1: Majin Cubed does the funny um, story in the middle. The little text
0: Yeah there's a, a...
1: Short romance story about um, Like a sexy Vampire Yeah so there's uh,
0: After we get this Extremely fun And silly Kind of uh, Book about A um, a, 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 de- a detective Who used to be A succubus
1: Yeah <laughs> Yep <laughs>
0: um, Trying to like uh, Save the life Of A man, a woman's unfaithful husband, Mm -hmm. before someone else claims all of. Yeah, yeah. uh, His,
1: His previous succubus girlfriend.
0: So yeah, if you if you if you love the idea of seeing two succubi's, but duke it out in a nightclub,
1: but like in the most like. Beautiful seventies, like discoy nightclub of all time. I love Katie Skelly. I love everything. That she her does. art is
0: so fantastic. Yeah, and it's I, so gorgeous. She she just put out a like a, a, a little. It was called like Nurse Nurse or something like that. Yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. That's I, her
1: really old, uh, long running. I think it's like her longest running comic. Right, I, I
0: have I have one of the I a, a, an edition of that at home. Nice. that I really need to read because I was just like, I didn't see everything that she's done. I love her art so much.
1: Pretty Vampire is one of my favourite books of last year. Ah, cool. Sweet. So, so gorgeous. And then the story in the middle, did you read it all? Well,
0: so no. um, (laughs) There's eight pages of prose in the middle of this and um, I was like, I might get to this and then I'll I'll let you know why I didn't when I talk about the next uh, book that we talk about.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, I did read it and it made me laugh because I obviously was like... A giant nerd in high school and this reminded me of every fan fiction that i ever read there are certain like the style of it and some like phrases that are so so overused like everyone chuckles no one <laughs>, laughs um so if you like hilarious weird gay fan fiction that's probably for you and then the sarah horrick story is like fucking weird as hell because she is weird
0: reminds me a lot of um Under yeah
1: spooky spooky very very good
0: yeah so there's a lot to love about this yeah. uh um, twisted romance um book um, i love it and you know well timed with valentine's day mm-hmm. next week this week this week this week this
2: week okay uh, yes.
0: um, but um uh what was i was gonna say i can't remember Something. I was going to say something profound, I assume. Yeah, you got to assume, right? Um, oh, yeah. I was going to say that this wasn't, this wasn't even my favourite uh, Valentine's Day special. Uh-huh. That's coming up very soon. A little cool. bit of sizzle for you. Um, the final image book we're going to talk about, number one, um, is a, uh, a special from uh, The Wicked and the Divine, uh, the book written by Kieran Gillen and usually has um, art by uh, Jamie McKelvey, but he only did the cover of this issue. Um, this uh, book instead sees uh, Od Kosh." Okay. And Clayton Carl's uh, on uh, art and uh, coloring and lettering duties, um, and uh, this was a basically every the, the, the premise of with the wicked and divine. Like the bulk of this series is set now. Every ninety years, twelve gods return as young people. They are loved. They are hated. In two years, they are all dead. Um, and so this one goes back ninety years, and we see um, this was all set in nineteen twenty three. Cool. Um, and it is a murder mystery novel ah! featuring all of these gods in like a, a mansion on a, like an, on an island, and so they fun. start getting picked off one by one. But it's a novel with wow. it's yeah. So it's like a th- there's there's pages of uh, of you know of, of panels. There's some comics within it, but yeah. This this took me about an hour and a half to read. Wow. Um, worth it. Really, really worth it. Mm. And like even as like Love yourself, my well yeah you. Uh, I mean, yeah, without... You have a basic understanding of Wicked and Divine. I think you'd probably enjoy this quite a lot because it was a self-contained story. Um, And uh, it took me... I was like, I had to really force myself to start reading the prose. I was Mm. like, come on, suck it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read these words without pictures. Um, (laughs) But it was mostly because it was... You know, it's very, very faithful to how books of the 20s were written, Mm -hmm, I assume, mm -hmm. because I'm clearly someone that's not read many books from the 20s. But um, uh, lots of expository um, kind of... Uh, explanation over descriptive terms, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. because he's introducing these new iterations of the gods mm-hmm. in the twenties as well. But once I got through that and the, and the murder, once people started dying, yeah, yeah, I, 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 really I was got extremely invested, and uh, it was a lot of fun um, to have these uh, new takes on the characters, and it kind of tied into uh, the World Wars, both one and two. Oh, nice. um, in, a, in a really cool and, uh, and fun way.
1: Oh, that sounds really fun. Yeah, Kid and Divine is rapidly jumping to the top of books that I need to read oh, at some point in my Burning life. Burning
0: through that the bulk of the, of the main story in like a, a short amount of time would be so much fun now yeah. because it's, it's really just up the ante. Oh wow. She wants seriously about i literally
1: writing this. down a list because I keep forgetting things that I want to on. your,
0: to on. on your Mr. Bean <laughs> post-it notes. Oh, it's, oh, it's Cartoon it's Network, Boomerate. Network. Right. Whatever.
1: Um, yeah, but there's too many things. I'm, I'm, I have finished Strangers in Paradise I'm so close <gasps> uh, that
0: was like the, the hardest thing this week I picked up my comics on Friday which yeah. is already way too late to get through this many comics but totally. I managed to do it all I, all I had to do was miss one train mm-hmm. um, uh, Strangers in Paradise I have four of the uh, trades left yeah cool. um, and god fucking damn it, it's so good it's, yeah. I, 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 it's one of those comics you're just like oh I don't think I've ever read a better comic than this
1: yeah 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 it's so amazing. And I
0: had grand plans to immediately go from this to Bloodshot, um, the Jeff Lemire Bloodshot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Reborn or whatever it is. Uh, um, no. Yes. That's what yep. it's called, right? Um, I was going to go from, from Stranger of Paradise to that, but now I think I just need to read everything Terry Moore has ever done.
1: Mm, understandable. Which is only
0: two shorter series I to, also, yeah, catch up. Yeah,
1: I'm still like on like the fourth volume of 20th Century Boys of like 21. That's pretty just, quick considering
0: yeah. so you only just got them last week.
1: Yeah, I was like at one point <laughs> when I'm not in the sort of space between finishing these comics and next week's comics coming in, I read, like, one a day because they're so good.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so I mentioned Bloodshot, and he is in the uh, Valiant universe, and so is this next comic we're about to talk Great. about. It's a, a one-shot um, written by Fred Van Lente, with art by Cafu and Derek Robinson with colours by Andrew Dollhouse uh, called Armstrong and the Vault of Spirits. Armstrong, of course, being... Uh, one of the uh, members of the group Archer and Armstrong. He is an immortal uh, and a drunk one at that.
1: He Um, loves wine.
0: And uh, in this one, he invites a bunch of his closest friends from the Valiant universe, which includes um, um, Archer, Faith, Punk Mambo, um, Quantum and Woody, and some others, um, to come to his vault um, and drink a bottle. uh, And and basically, every, every... have every year, or maybe even he
1: has a bottle of wine for every year that he's been alive. Right, and his and his vault, a bajillion years. Yeah,
0: his vault utilizes four thousand AD technology to <laughs> o- to not allow him into it, <laughs> save for one hour of each year. Um, and uh, this was like a kind of sweet comedic look at the life of Armstrong which is quite tragic Mm because for all immortals you have to frequently say goodbye to people from your past and anyone who lives as long as you do fucking hates you because you've done so many fucked things in your life. Yep. Um, And uh, so he's yeah It's uh, I might be getting this wrong sorry Valiant fans but Armstrong's brother is Ivar the Time Walker Yep. And then Killard the Immortal Warrior or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't know. Eternal Eternal right. Warrior is it his name. I don't know. I think I might get it. Right. I, I'm, I've read in, like enough of the Valiant Universe to kind of be, not be completely lost, but also be almost definitely completely wrong when I talk to other people about it. Yeah. Um, but this was like a, yeah a, a fun story. It did all the best Archer and Armstrong comics I've read have been this like balance of comedy and tragedy, and the tragedy almost always comes from. You know all all of the horrible things that Armstrong's done in his past because he was bored. Yeah, um, coming back to bite him in the ass.
1: So this was really a nice issue. This it's was a, a great
0: issue and, and and a great way to kind of have so many uh, of the uh, Valiant universe hanging out in the same place.
1: Yeah, and I really liked. Um, cause I'm guessing it's Derek Robertson who did the flashback scenes. Yes, I really liked them.
0: Yeah, it's good like seeing Derek, Derek. War Robertson show up on uh, various Valiant stuff because I've yeah. you know, from uh, the boys to uh, met. What was the Warren Ellis Transmetropolitan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, you know I've, I've read a lot of books that he's on. Oh, and I don't see him enough these days. Absolutely. Happy the Grant Morrison book. He's hey, he talking the- Yeah, the four issues. Was it good? Like it's not Grant Morrison's best thing, and certainly yeah. not the first thing of his back catalogue that I would choose to turn into a TV show. Yeah, but um, but it's if it's fun. got
1: Christopher Maloney in it, yeah, that's true. I will not watch it.
0: Really, you don't like Maloney? No, I do. I all just right. don't watch
1: any TV because <laughs> I don't have time because I read all these comic books.
0: Um. I only like Maloney when he talks to a can of vegetables.
1: What is that in reference to? That is
0: terrible that you don't get that reference. I'm so sorry. You've not seen Wet Hot American Summer? No, I've never seen oh, it. Oh, man. You, that's, a, that's a. Write it down on your post-it okay. notes. Let Mr. Bean know Wet that you plan. Hot. <laughs> um, so uh, the comic that I left last this week, um, my reward for getting through all the comics that I knew would not be as good as this, uh, was a comic that we celebrated. We made it one of our best uh, uh, mini-series of last year, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Jazz Maynard, um, a uh, European comic um, set in Barcelona, written by Raleigh with art by Roger. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's uh, republished by Lionforged with an excellent translation. Um, Brilliant printed paper stock, like lovely cardboard cover with beautiful glossy pages inside, nice and thick. Um, Absolutely. Just does everything right. Excellent covers. And then the story itself is about uh, Jazz Maynard who... um, like you know, if 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 he played his cards right, all he would do in this world is play jazz trumpet. Mm-hmm. But he has uh, all his connections to the underworld because of um, the uh, is it El Raval uh-huh. in Barcelona? It's a shit town. Don't go there. Don't go there, guys. Because it's full of crime full and, of crimes. and it, 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 especially especially if you're a drum a jazz trumpeter, mm. just you can't resist the crimes. Yeah. Uh, and um, they come and find you. Yeah, and so this is a uh, uh, you know after after we got the the first six issues of the uh, volume one where he returns to El Raval um, and, and, you know, it's, it has like one last job that he has to do to kind of save everyone he loves. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like, you know, someone, someone, other, someone else from his past returns to try and pull him back into that world. Um, and uh, I think this, this book did such an excellent job of reintroducing us to all the characters in a way that wasn't confusing or ec- like, you know, it wasn't way too much uh, exposition. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt really natural and, and, and you know, even though it's been like a few months since I read that the final issue of, of Volume One, I wasn't confused at any point as to who anyone was or what their motivations were, how they fit Absolutely. into the story. Um, and you know, the the, the 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 teasers of the new story that we got in this first issue were, were really really exciting.
1: It's just so gorgeous. Is like it? the 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 vibe of the art is like the tone of it is so beautiful, and it like feels so textured and well realized and the colors are so beautiful and yeah and then
0: the new new crime boss that we are introduced to in this book we learn his his very very tragic backstory he was uh yeah uh, like basically you know made to uh, breed and raise um fighting dogs Mm. um and uh his father throws him in the ring with his dog his dog rips his ear off and then he has to kill his beloved dog and then uh we learn that he then decides to rip his other ear off so he can look more like his dead dog, and now yeah. he's a crime boss.
1: Yeah, but with his like niece with giant boobs <laughs> working as his like mouthpiece. This is like gorgeous, sexy Euro comics, and I love it.
0: If you had it. to, if, if if you had to cut your ears off, but in return your niece got giant boobs, is that a good trade?
1: Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Always worth it. Think of how much you would save on implants.
0: Um, that's it. That you know, just think. Um, so that's Jas Maynard, um, a brilliant, brilliant comic. Like, it doesn't get better than this, in Absolutely. my opinion. Like, and I
1: think you could, like, it is better if you read the first volume. Go and read the first volume and then pick this up. And like, the, You could also just pick this up. The
0: hardcover collection through Lion Forge, which you can get at kingscomics.com, um, uh, is brilliant. Like, a, yeah. just a beautiful hardcover collection mm-hmm. that even though I have the singles of, I had to have the hardcover of too. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned earlier that um, my, I, I had not qua- not yet reviewed my favorite Valentine's uh, special this week. I didn't week. read
1: this, which is wrong of me. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: you, I mean, you tapped out of that original series. Yeah. I'm talking about uh, the boombox... Uh, um, a comic book uh, The Backstages, which is written by James Tinian IV with art by Ryan Sy, um, which is about a bunch of uh, a boys in an all-boys school um, who uh, basically are the backstage crew of the theatre department. And uh, as on top of the many, many uh, long, like, you know, hard jobs they have to do, you know, doing all the regular backstage stuff and dealing with all of the stupid actors at their school, um, there's also like weird, supernatural, crazy shit backstage if you go far back, you know, enough. Um, and this was a Valentine's Day special. Like you know, a few of the boys have started dating each other. Others are you know in love with girls from other schools that they mm-hmm. occasionally do plays with. Um, and then even their teacher has like a tragic backstory um, that we learn of. Um, you know, with with someone that he used to love. Um, and
1: it looks so cute. It's so
0: so well done. At the heart of it is um uh is like the guy who did the, the lighting tech. Um, and he hates Valentine's Day and just, just he loathes it because you know he's never had a good one and mm. he just can't wait for it to be over so he can spend the weekend watching horror movies. Um, and he like basically he's like he's he he, he's, he just bans it basically, he b- puts a ban on Valentine's Day so everyone can just get through this play. But love has a way of pushing through Siobhan, and uh, it's a it was a really really great again, another great uh, you know, comedic, fun, all ages book that balanced you know, slapstick and goofy fun with a uh, good, really, really good heart mm. and, uh, and sadness, uh, you know, just the way love affects everybody. And, uh, I, I loved this. It was so great revisiting these characters. Like that, that eight issues of, of backstages that we got, um, I think it finished at the beginning of last year. Hey, lots of ra- random, beeping. That's a random beeping, the random beeping at Kings is a big backstages fan. <laughs> I know I know. we have a lot of listeners that are a big fan of random beeping <laughs> <laughs> just our favorite favorite guest but yeah the backstage is valentine's intermission number one by james c and the fourth ryan sai and walter beamonte i hope um, this is a
1: series that just they keep going with even if like the creative team changes just keep using those characters right mm, like
0: lumberjanes I, I no. i think this is very much it's like you can tell that like they don't th- there's a bunch of backups by um um, other artists at the back and they're good but like Ryan's size artwork is so crucial to these, you know, they're quite Bad. very stylized designs um, mm-hmm. and I don't like them drawn by anybody <laughs> okay. else even though, the, actually no, that, that's a lie There is um, one of the backups is uh, by one of our favourite boombox artists um, from Goldie Vance um, and that is, uh, what's her name we loved her so much, oh, uh, Brittany. Brittany Williams Oh,
1: cool, so what she, is she doing now? Yeah, I don't
0: know, she's doing, doing this one backup she spent the last year doing this one backup <laughs> but baby it was worth it um, uh, but yeah, this is really, really great. Um, probably my favorite Boombox uh, series, I guess. After, you know, alongside Goldie Vance, those are my two favorites. Great, great, great Valentine's intermission. Like, even if we just got that every year, I'd be very happy.
1: Yeah, totally. Like claws.
0: Yeah. Um, so now we move over to Black. Uh, sorry, Dark Horse. Um, for Berger Books, the mm-hmm. uh, new imprint by Karen Berger, that she's doing with Dark Horse, um, and she has brought back a um, a series called Incog Negro, mm-hmm. which was written by Matt Johnson and Warren Police. I've never read.
1: Me neither, any... but they've just reprinted it in hardcover. So if you are like me, similarly intrigued about this series, especially
0: after this number one,
1: one hundred percent go. Um, there's yeah, there's a new hardcover printing of the original series.
0: So this is a Harlem murder mystery. It's called Incog Negro Renaissance. Um, and it is an origin story of sorts for the main character in the original Incognito series, yeah. um, and uh, he is a black man with quite a fair complexion, mm-hmm. so can frequently pass as a white man, mm-hmm. and you know has is feels guilty about it, but is able to you know basically go incognito, mm-hmm. incognito,
2: mm-hmm. get it, clever, um,
0: and and basically you know get, allow himself access to other black people in this time because uh, it's set during the.
1: I would say this is like set in the 20s.
0: 20s, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, to talk to reporters and talk to, you know, even police officers uh, and, and gain. Because he, he himself is a, is a, is a budding reporter mm-hmm. in, this, in this issue too. Um, and so, he, yeah, he's basically, he's taken by one of his friends to uh, a party um, filled with. Uh, socialites. Socialites yeah. who, who are, you know, intrigued. By 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 the black man,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, so much so that the, this is the the party for an, an, an author who has just written um, a uh, a story called um, N Word Town. Nice, um, and he's uh, and we meet uh, basically like you know the, the the black man that he assigned as his like researcher, basically. Yeah, um, and he, we have we have quite a cr- tragic tale about him um, throughout this issue. Um, this is like you know it's 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 difficult to read in parts just because it is a, a harsh reminder of. Uh, the world that so many things we love, you know, the world that, that it once was, Absolutely. you know, Harlem and New York and, you know, especially from a literary point of view and how taken advantage of, you know, people of color were mm-hmm. as, as artists and writers for the, the gain of white writers. Um, we know and it still goes on today. Um, but yeah, I just think like, like just such a rich, um, telling of these, these characters that I've never read anything of before, but, I've wanted to read more and more and more of.
1: Absolutely, and such like, like so beautifully illustrated. It's a black and white series, um, and it's just like it's really stunning.
0: Yep, definitely. So yeah, one
1: Place is extremely, extremely talented in the sort of grayscale, the shading and stuff is really beautiful. It has a quote on the back from Cornell West. Guys, pick it up.
0: Awesome. Um yeah, highly, highly recommend recommended this. Incognito Renaissance, one of my favourite books that I read this week, and I will be taking home the original Incognito Negro series. Yeah, I know I'm adding it. This to afternoon. My oh wow, the list. post-it notes. Mr. Bean. Mr. <laughs> so Bean's getting a workout. So the final number one that we read this week, we made it through, Siobhan. <sighs> um is Songs for the Dead, a new series uh, coming out through Vault Comics. Um, written by uh Andrea Fort and Chris Michael Christopher Heron with illustrations by Sam Beck. Um, and uh, this is um, basically about a, uh, a necromancer mm-hmm. who um, has recently discovered her powers and she wants to use her n- necro powers nice. um, as, a, uh, t- as a hero. She wants to be a hero by ra- mm. raising people from the dead and co- communicating with the dead and trying to...
1: Solving s- murders. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and we, she's quickly realizes that she's in over her head um, as she meets uh, a boy who has taken an arrow to the, his head. Mm-hmm. So not quite as in, in over her head as he was. Yeah. Um, He's in worse trouble. Uh, and uh, upon raising him from the dead, she tries to, you know, take on his, his murderers um, and then quickly finds that she, uh, you know, needs to maybe, ch- you know, change the way her, her moral compass is to, uh, to kind of become a hero hmm. and partner with people that, that may be a little bit evil.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like how often people just get killed so that then she can use their bodies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's a lot of killings in this book, which at first seemed quite sort of like all-ages friendly, but yeah, then it's was it, like... Yeah. A number of murders in quick succession. Um, I quite
2: liked this. Yeah,
0: me too. Like it was, it was. It's not necessarily my kind of book, but um, I thought uh, the writing, particularly the dialogue of the between the hero and the woman that she partners with, yeah. was was enthralling enough for me to keep reading uh, a couple more issues of this.
1: Yeah, and it's sort of like a old timey fantasy vibe, which,
0: as everyone knows, is extremely not my shit.
1: Yes, one hundred percent.
0: But uh, you know, the, the, it is
1: quite my shit. But um. I'll give this another issue and see if it goes somewhere Unreal So like.
0: that, that is Songs for, the, Songs for the Dead our last number one in this edition of First Things First Long edition
1: Good lord But
0: some great number ones in the, in the mix It was actually you know you, you see a big pile you're like oh boy but I, don't, I, I didn't hate any of these No Except that Black Panther one Yes And even then I was rewarded with Kirby art at the end so that was fine What a treat um, so, if you read any of those series and want to come and discuss them with us, or many people just like yourself who love reading comics and talking about them online, we have a community that you can join, which is facebook.com slash groups slash series issues podcast. And uh, every week, we uh, review all the comics that we're, we're talking that we're reading at the time, um, and uh, you know talk about the show, about comics that we love, about characters that we love. It's a good, good, fun time. So come and join us over there. Uh, Now we play a game called Roll the Dice for Marvel, Image or DC in which we roll a dice and then that decides which order we talk about the comics next. If I roll a one to two, we talk about Image first. If I roll a three to four, we talk about Marvel and five to six is DC. Rolling the dice and it's one. So Image first and then it's five. So Image, DC and Marvel is the order we're going to go in today. Nice. Uh, Let's start with Image, uh, the penultimate issue of Extremity. Um, the excellent Skybound series uh, that's been written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson with colors by Mike Spicer. Um, it's about war in a in a future world with all this crazy tech and, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, families b- born into war and kind of accepting their destiny of continuing this war. Mm-hmm. Or do they try and stop the war, even if that means turning their backs on their family? Um, yeah. That was actually a really succinct uh, description that was of the series. Very, I've very str- good. I've struggled to mention issues. the dragons. No, there, there are plenty of dragons. And also, there's a robot who um, has been Turned programmed. Into,
1: like an icky big flesh monster. Yeah,
0: but at one point he was their friend. He was their friend. And um, yeah, I, I, I just think this is a, a brilliant series that I can't wait to be collected in one, one hit so Absolutely. I can recommend it to people just to read in one go. Um, I think uh, a lot of people kind of asked us um, for recommendations to read after enjoying Kill the Minotaur. And even though this is tonally, not sorry, even though this is like, you know, a very different setting, I think this is actually like tonally and, you know, the, the the dialogue and the the relationships about
1: like, um, the cost of war and the cost of being a hero and that sort of stuff. And um,
0: accepting destiny and, and family's decisions and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's brilliantly drawn like
1: so gorgeous
0: and i was sad that this is ending uh, at 12 issues but it looks like it's coming to a very very like you know a a, a good end point for the story and hopefully a world that they can return to in the future um but like daniel warren johnson i don't don't know anything he's done before this but he's absolutely going to be like i'm like you know waiting with bated breath to hear what his announcement of what he's doing next because he's someone that i would like love to read anything that he wrote and also love to Look at anything that he draws. So
1: definitely, if, he's able,
0: if he's able to be creator-owned and do things both himself, that'd be great. But also, like if he's just going to be talent for hire, that's exciting too. Absolutely, extremity. Um, there's one more issue. You could catch up, read 11 issues before the 12th one, and then read it with us. Yeah, do it. That's a great idea. It's one of Image Better books from the, from the last you know big announcement crop. I agree. From the last year or so, um, but one of the most beloved Image books. Um, for 20 issues now uh-huh. Is Paper Girls And uh, yeah well, indeed We got the 20th issue this week uh, Written by Brian K. Vaughan With art by Cliff Chang Colours by Matt Wilson Letters by Jared K. Fletcher Should I make an effort To try and say the letters now The letterists
1: Maybe we should let They it. do good work
0: How about the colour flats Because they were done by Dee Knieff <laughs>
1: Oh, and then who does the rest of the colours?
0: Matt Wilson. I already said that. Oh, right. Sorry, yeah. I wasn't listening. Um, so this brings to the end uh, of uh, brings us to the end of the uh, recent arc of Paper Girls, which is impossible to describe to someone without like spoiling this series. Totally. It's about a bunch of time-traveling paper girls from the '80s who uh, look. Uh, but now
1: p- it's also like a mech thing, and like and it's people from into the like future, a cool mech drama thing. Yeah, when
0: there's monsters and Giant there's mech suits. weird like you know, kind of commentary on technology mm-hmm. um, and uh, they've just left the year 2000
1: and I love I love this book so much and there's still so much that's unanswered like they just they're like giving us the answers on like a tiny little drip feed yeah. and we just get in every time I'm like thank you so much that was so good give me more but they keep you hanging for it and it's amazing
0: yes agreed was that a good, was that a good yeah that was very very good
1: I, like. There's just so much to enjoy about this, and there's like we still don't know because there's this weird like these girls are caught up in this kind of time traveling war between adults and children, and the children appear to have some kind of horrifying flesh eating problem with them um, that has like we still don't know what's going on with that. We still don't know what so the problem is. So many unanswered questions. And it's just uh, Cliff Chang is doing the most beautiful work. Look at that final that final
0: page of where we're about to visit. Uh, oh boy,
1: so beautiful.
0: So yeah, it it looks like this is we're now like flying into the far flung future, yeah, which is going to be a fun, exciting thing because I don't think we've seen Brian Cable specifically do Earth's future before, yeah. Beyond like you know, I guess you could why the last man is kind of a potential future future. I hope for. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's not true. Oh my heart, I
1: love boys, Um, and I love how interactive they make this book. Like this isn't something that would have just been my whole world when I was a teenager because there's so much stuff in it that you can interact with like you can uh, translate the future talk you can cut up the back cover to make a big poster mm-hmm. there's a you know um Havono always does these big reader like what are they called surveys? surveys
0: which is always so much fun to read yeah. the answers of I always um, kick myself for not sending in answers yeah too. I know I want to be part of the, this community
1: exactly he makes, he makes you part I, of
0: something answers. all my life like. I've longed to be part of a comic book community yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a great issue of Paper Girls. That was great. Um, and uh, yeah, a really really satisfying end to the arc too. Because uh, at times there are moments where you feel like overwhelmed by mm-hmm. how many unanswered questions there are, and this yeah. was like an answer just enough. Totally, that's great. Um, so uh, before we talk about a comic that I know we both read and loved, I want to talk about the end of a comic that only I read to the end of, right. um, the eighth issue of Rock Candy Mountain by kyle starks and chris Schweizer, um this was a brilliant co- comic that was written and drawn by kyle starks um about hobos and um one hobo who uh had had been granted powers from the devil himself to uh, never be able to lose a one-on-one match of combat um hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And it's him basically against the world trying to get to his recently deceased um, wife and child. Um, and in, in, in order to get there, he needs to climb Rock Candy Mountain, which everyone right. thinks is this hilarious hobo song. That, that you know, that, that's not real stuff. But we learned in this issue that it was. Mm. And uh, this was a comedy series for the most part, and there are some great laughs throughout it. I mean, just his Carl his, Stark's cartooning is just effortlessly humorous to me. Um, just the simplicity of some of his figures is really, really amusing to see them. Uh, you know, in, in action scenes and that kind of thing, and his dialogue is very very funny. But it's
1: really beautifully coloured too.
0: Yes, Chris, Chris Schweizer does a great job. But you know, it was it's so much fun. Um, this uses a lot of great sign language as well. Yeah. Like well, there's one, there's a there's a mute character who uh, who signs all his dialogue and it translates it for us, which is really really fun as well. Um, and uh, it, it ends in a you know quite a beautiful manner, um, really really satisfying and, and heartwarming ending. Lovely. While still being quite funny. And also, you know, it wraps up this story. But again, like all good comics, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot enough world that's still there to return to hopefully sometime in the future. Cool. Uh, yeah, so Carl Starks, another uh, creator that is 100% someone. Another, another creator who both writes and draws his own comics that I'll be uh, rapidly or very, very excitedly looking forward to anything else he does in the future.
1: Yeah, nice. It's so nice to see like a single creator's Pure vision for something.
0: Definitely. And how good is that cover too? Yeah, it's so lovely. Our hero kind of on, on right at the top the literal, of Rock Candy Mountain. Yeah. Very, very beautiful. Great. So the book I was referring to earlier that I know that we both lo- like read and loved is Snot Girl. Issue number nine, uh, written by Brian Lee O'Malley with art and colors by Leslie Hung. Who does the letters on this one? Oh my God, it's just... No, it's... Uh, all right, all right. So the colors are by Rachel Cohen and... Um,
1: Marie Adomo.
0: Is the letterist. There you go. Um, and there's Colour Flats by <laughs> Studio J Fish.
1: We're just going to spend all of the time reading shout out, giving out the shout outs. creative teams. Um, Edited by... No. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know that we love this series already. It was one of our favorite image uh, series last, week in, last year in our awards. Um, it's about uh, a, uh, a fashion blogger, mm-hmm. um, an Instagram personality um, called Snotty mm-hmm. or Lottie. Um, she has allergies. Um, she has a, a gaggle of uh, of other fashion blogger friends, and this sees her sees them all travel to Thanks Travaganza, which is a, like an influencer festival. Uh, in which sounds
1: like my worst nightmare.
0: You know, think of all the free swag you'd get.
1: Free shitty swag. Uh, I I loved this issue. Like this is such a. Um, Like, we get to see, like, the tiniest bit of character development for Lottie. Like, she does something good for Mm -hmm. a friend, and you're like, yeah, go Lottie, it's the best. But then there's also still this horrible, creepy shit happening, like, under an undercurrent. And we finally maybe get to see, like, what these weird... Like, I'd almost forgotten that she was on new allergy medication. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Which sounds like the silliest plot point of all time. But it has some serious implications, guys.
0: Um, and yeah, there's a, some there's a, some creepy ghost shit in there, which may or not be a hallucination mm-hmm. because of this new allergy medication. Um, and uh, yeah, it it, it it again we have a it, it ends up with a new murder mystery.
1: Yeah, so fun, so great. I love it.
0: Um, such a great, funny, you know, mean series. Yeah, uh, and I
1: feel like if you're if you're a girl. Like, not that there is not lots to enjoy if you're a guy. But if you're a girl and you've had to live your entire life being barraged by all, like, you know, stupid fashion nonsense and (laughs) face masks and stuff that is fun, but also, like suffocating at times this is so enjoyable because it's so mean <laughs> La- I love it
0: last week I gave um, one time host co-host of this show Alexi mm-hmm. Um because he used to um, host a podcast called Mike Check which yep. is all about the films of Mike Myers I gave him a Princess Fiona from Shrek green face mask <laughs> <laughs> so follow him on Twitter uh, at this is Alexi and, and, and tell him photos of you wearing yeah. the face masks please
1: I want that <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm such a sucker for like branded face masks all around King's. There's like lots of Korean beauty places. And I bought this huge pack of Astro Boy face masks. Oh, wow. Just because they had Astro Boy on them. Have you but, used any yet? Yeah. They didn't have Astro Boy on the actual mask. That's oh, that what sucks. I wanted. So I just I on the packet. That's yeah. weird. Anyway, this was great. And I had a little cute girl backup by um, Rachel Cohen, who did the colors. She did like a little cute girl strip in yeah, the back. which, which is really very amusing.
0: Yep. Awesome. Um, So over to Walking Dead now, written by Robert Kirkman. (laughs) Such a different vibe. (laughs) Um, And art by Charlie Adelard um, and uh, two other people. (laughs) Stefano Guardino on inks and Cliff Rathburn on grey tones. And of course, letters by Russ Wooten. Lovely. never forget that one um, I didn't realize Dave Stewart does the colors on, on the, all the covers Oh. for nose is a famously black and white series um, also it's famously a, a, a series in which uh, it's the end of civilization due to a zombie outbreak um, however it's gotten a lot more civilized in recent issues um, this arc is called new world order and features a collection of our you know bracketed Heroes, so and so called, so called heroes, mm-hmm. um, stumbling or uh, kind of being semi-invited and then stumbling upon a much more civilized uh, city, I guess, mm-hmm. with uh, with thousands upon thousands of people that are living a better life than them, and it's a massive status quo change up for this series, um, and it, it's given it so mu- given the series so much energy, and we haven't even. We've barely explored any of it yet. Yeah. Um, Cool. And it's just... It's it's a very exciting time to be reading this series, which is, you know, can at times feel samey and stale. Um, But this is like... it's
1: such a testament to, like, the value of long running. Like, it's been running for, like, what, 15 years now? Yeah, it's
0: issue 176. That's, like,
1: amazing. And you can, like, grow and spend a lifetime with these characters and you can see them change and that's really satisfying. Yeah.
0: So if you were put off by, you know, those feelings of staleness or sameness, um, definitely... Continue, um, you know, catch up and and read this really really great change up that, that that the new world order has brought this series. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. Um,
1: I read, I read Witchblade.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm bummed I didn't continue. I don't, I don't even started this. Yeah, I, don't I have think, to wait for that trade.
1: I think it's worthwhile. Um, so this is issue three of Witchblade, written by Caitlin Kittredge, um, art by Roberta Ingranata, colors by Brian Valenza, and letters by Troy Pateri. Um, And this is sort of a revamped take on one of Top Cow's classic um, sexy lady characters, Witchblade, whose costume was mostly, like, vines that just covered her nipples.
0: Give me a (laughs) T. Give me an A. (laughs) Um,
1: So this version, I don't know about the old version of Witchblade, and I don't want to know. Don't tell me about her. But her name is Alex in this, and she's like a ah, oh, fuck, what's the thing that she does for her job? She, like, <laughs> is, like, a cop lady, but it's to do with, like, victims, and she, like, talks to them, so she's nice. She's, right. She's like, a nice cop Good something? description. Thank you. Um, And now she's got these weird powers which are in a bracelet on her wrist, and she's... This issue is basically her coming to terms with the powers and being like, oh, maybe if I accept them and try and work with them, then I can do some good with them instead of being, like, ruled by them. So she's, um, she's a
0: cop, but she talks to people, so she's nice. She's Cop. It's the right. rarest cup of all. <laughs>
1: um but I really, I really like this. It's really good fun. She sort of I can't remember who it was. I was it someone in our Facebook group, maybe, who described her as like Jessica Jones. It's very Jessica Jones vibe. Yep. She's like a hard drinking, hard swearing whatever lady. Um but I like the character, she feels well developed. I really love the art. I think it's really really gorgeous. And um, it's good fun, like new superhero. It's like a just a good superhero book.
0: Perfect, great, nice. A um, little quick uh, little update on Savage Dragon yes, issue please. number two hundred and thirty-one. The, uh, the incredible comic, cover. The comic that I started reading, not realizing that it was a the most horny comic on the stands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Jim's favorite comic, so you know it's going to be horny.
0: Uh, on the front cover of this one, the sinister sex dolls. Um, uh, beautiful. That made
1: me literally pick it up off the shelf. I was like, ooh, beautiful tell robots. Me more.
0: Beautiful robots who have um, become killers. Nice. So, like, they're like sex robots who now try, are beating the shit like out the of ones Savage from, Dragon.
1: Um, Austin Powers. Yep. Speaking the of. Fem-bots. Eyes. Fembots. Like, Fembots. Exactly.
0: Um, and uh, while while the younger Savage Dragon is uh, getting pummeled by sex robots on Earth, um, there's a bunch of other female superheroes who are naked in space and taken captive by. Um, an, an even more naked, um, powerful woman. Um, and, uh, we see the return of a character that previously thought dead at the end who saves them. That's great. Yep. That's my update. It's a very nude comic. It is. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, questioning my motives for reading this now. <laughs> Cause I'm like, not really like, I don't really get anything out of the story. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm they- like I'm like, oh I wonder how many vaginas uh Eric Larson's gonna draw in this issue. The answer four.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are there any dongs? Or is it no, it's not really a- it's not very equal opportunities No, it really is. One well, dong. There was
0: okay, okay. All right. Four vaginas to Scott, one dong. Scott did the dong count.
1: That's a ratio I like. <laughs> oh, oh my attached. god,
0: that's right, yeah. Oh, a god. dong gets eaten. Oh no. Yeah, it gets chomped off oh, by a, by a vagina by with a teeth. Vagina? From one of the sex robots. Right. Who put teeth in the sex robot's vagina? What a stupid inventor. They go in the mouth.
1: <laughs> this is like... That is 100% sold, that comic book. <laughs> I don't know if that was the purpose, but I am buying it.
0: Uh, so those are our image <sighs> reviews. Now we move on to DC reviews. Yay. Featuring a second little update into the world of Tom King and how that makes... How his writing oh, makes, makes Siobhan feel. <laughs> feel. Uh, we got Batman issue number 40 uh, featuring um, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And also, more importantly, featuring Joelle Jones drawing mm-hmm. Wonder Woman.
1: With colours by Geordie Belair.
0: And, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Um, and uh, this, um, yeah, you know, we, we were wondering what was going to happen at the end of this the this series. The, sorry, the uh, the story that started last issue, in which sends uh, Batman and Wonder Woman to... Go battle demons for a day to give this man who is always fighting demons the
1: gentleman. The
0: gentleman. He basically all he does is fight demons for eternity to stop them from coming to Earth, and that's that's just what he does forever. Mm-hmm. But little do they know until they get there that one day in his life is like twenty years yeah. of of Earth life. Um, and so over the course of time, Wonder Woman and Batman, when they're not fighting, uh, you know, start to explore the feelings for each other. Because here's the thing. 20 years, that's longer than the time that Catwoman and Batman have, like, kind of been with each other, right?
1: Yeah. you so, got to assume, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, and so, basically, we thought that the last issue ended with Wonder Woman and Batman leaning forward to kiss each other. Um,
1: and it was always going to be a fucking, like, cop-out. Yeah. Cop-out, Tom King, you boring man. I'm calling it that this, like, this sort of, um, I feel like we see this all the time, this story of, like, Ah, it's one it's one day in Earth years, but on this alternate universe, slash planet, slash dark dimension, it's fifty billion years and then they come back and nothing's changed. That's the new it was all a dream. <laughs> For me.
0: Um and unfortunately the dream didn't feature Wonder Woman and Batman making out. They almost do and then they say, What are we doing?
1: What are we doing I love I love Catwoman so much. I love Steve Trevor so much. I could never make out with you, Batman.
0: Um but you know, while that was a bit clunky, we then get great dialogue between Catwoman sorry, between Wonder Woman and Batman as they're just, you know, surviving on this you know his on the, on- weird
1: like stilted talking Diana though.
0: Yeah, but I did love her saying, "I miss my kangaroo." Yeah, <laughs> like that, that made cool. up for everything. Every <laughs> that moment one page of clunkiness was amazing. Yeah, um, and, um, I, and that and that, and that th- those page, that page is that one page where they where they're just talking to each other as they eat one of the beasts that they've killed. Yeah, that that's why I like Tom King. Those are pages that that he does that, and I love. That's the Tom King I love. Yeah, I feel He's like. it's like, ha- uh, What do you
1: mean? I don't know. I think it's partially like. <laughs> Tom King always seems like he's making fun of the superhero-y elements. That's like, why I like it. It's great that Wonder Woman has a kangaroo. That's one of the best things about Wonder Woman. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Her
0: it name is, is Jumper. Yeah, exactly. And then Batman says, she sounds nice. And then Wonder Woman says, she is nice.
1: Yeah. Um, I would have... I mean, I could have read this without the dialogue. And it would have been probably a better comic. <laughs> is that mean of me to say? Jo I jo just love Joelle jo. Jones so fucking much. She's so incredible. Everything she does is like... So, so beautiful, and her colored by Geordie Belair is so gorgeous. Like, give Joelle Jones a Wonder Woman book. Give yeah. Joelle Jones a Wonder Woman book by I, herself. Yeah. Like Lady Let Kimmel. her write it, let yeah. her draw it. Yeah.
0: So, I look, I suppose you could say that, like, you know, these, these ridiculous stories that we're getting in the lead up to the what, the wedding between Catwoman and Batman, they could be seen as like metaphors for the various doubts that people have in their heads before they get married and commit themselves to each other. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it can be quite ham-fisted and heavy-handed, but I think I still am enjoying these issues and I find them interesting I think a a, a key to really enjoying Tom King's writing is to laugh at the silly shit, Mm. even when he's saying that the silly shit is actually deeply serious and it's a metaphor for, you know, PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, uh, you know, I, I, I now that's gotten such a, that's become such a big point of his writing that that's now sillier than the stuff he's making fun of for me. And that makes it, that's That's an enjoyable thing for me. Yeah. Maybe not the way he's intended, but I still really, I still really enjoy this. And I and I dare say you're you're in you've got no chance of dropping Batman anytime soon.
1: No, that's true. As long as Joel Jones is still drawing it, I'm going to keep reading it. I
0: don't think she's drawing the next issue.
1: Boo! I'm out. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um,
0: so a while ago, um, I started. We both started reading uh, um, a very silly comic called oh uh, from DC's Hanna Barbera, um, kind of weird rebirth universe. Um, which there is a. I'll, I'll, go, I'll get to a very funny moment of DC just being fucking ridiculous at the end of this issue, um, but. Uh, you know, it, this, this weird experiment gave us the Great Flintstones comic, um, mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. great uh, comic that we're going to talk about next, um, the Snagglepuss Chronicles. Um, but there have been a few misses, and then there have been a few in between things that I don't know how I feel about them, and this is definitely that. It's Dastardly yes. and Mutley, um, written by Garth Ennis with art by Morissette. Um, uh, and this is basically, like, the origin story for Dick Dastardly and Muttley, best known for being, like, you know, I guess they're like the main characters in Wacky Races mm-hmm. and the sometime foils of various Hanna-Barbera characters. Um, and uh, basically there is a, a plane flying around the earth, like, spewing, like, weird cartoony bullshit into mm-hmm. the world, and that that makes people change into, like, cartoon versions of themselves, and weird things happen. And it's up to Darcy and Mutley, who have encountered this before, and one of them has turned into a dog, a Mm Mutley. The other one has turned into like a ridiculous kind of whatever the fuck Dick Darcy is,
1: massage twirling,
0: yeah, Uh, silent megalomaniac kind of guy. Um, And uh, it it ends like with them kind of like taking on this you know weird plane, which is called like War Pig One, and like plunging into the the weird cartoony stuff. And it ends on, like, this weird kind of, like, trying to be poignant kind of Ugh. real world kind of commentary on, like, being a single mum. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> How did it get there? Um, That's not the place that I expected it to go.
0: Yeah. And, like, uh, it was, yeah. What's b- going on, Very, it very was, strange ending. Is everything okay at home? And it starts talking about stop that pigeon, which is another thing that Dastardly and Muttley were in. Um, yeah, it was very strange. It wasn't wasn't where I expected this to end, because mm-hmm. um, it, it it is the kind of like it was all a dream kind of ending, yeah. but a very weird one. Uh, so I don't know. I, I I didn't not enjoy reading this, but mm. I don't know if I'd recommend it. It's very strange. <laughs> um, but the final page of this comic is um, this hilarious advert <laughs> um, for the you know the, these weird new. Um, the, the new age of DC heroes that mm-hmm. we're getting one issue of every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ad is like the Justice League at the top saying, first, DC gave you the world's greatest superheroes. Nice. And the next one is a picture of Scooby from Scooby Apocalypse. Great. Um, George Jetson, Snugglepuss, Space Ghost, Fred Flintstone, and Johnny Quest. And it says, then DC reinvented the Hanna-Barbera universe. <laughs> now DC presents the new age of DC heroes with all of those yeah which is DC reinventing Marvel exactly good takedown Jim but I just thought it was very funny like it's like First, DC gave you the world's greatest superheroes, mm. which, you know, Superman and Batman and this so that was in 1930. Yeah. <laughs> then, they reinvented the Hanna-Barbera universe, which was two years ago. They did fucking so nothing they did, in made, between. Nothing,
1: <laughs> nothing. Nothing
0: for 75 years. Nothing of
1: use. Nothing of value.
0: But now, after just two years, Siobhan, they're giving us the new age of DC oh heroes.
1: This is huge. Huge news. Very funny. Call the presses.
0: Um, so, I mentioned uh, Snagglepuss earlier. And um, we're going to talk about issue two of the Snagglepuss Chronicles, which unfortunately is only going to be six issues long. Really? Also, need to uh, correct myself um, at the uh, when we reviewed issue one. I said that uh, Snagglepuss was a pink panther.
1: He's not. He's not. He's
0: a pink ma- uh, mountain lion. Uh, yeah, cool. There you go. Um, and uh, this is uh, written by Mark Mar- Mark Russell, who previously gave us um, uh, the Flintstones, which mm-hmm. was one of our favorite comics for the last two years. Um, and uh, art is by uh, Mike Fien on pencils with uh, inks by Mark Morales and colors by Paul Mounts letters by Dave Sharp on this one. Um, and, uh, the first issue I thought was, it's very, very different storytelling to what we got, you know, these, these kind of complete one, one and done almost, uh, for each issue mm-hmm. of the Flintstones with a vague kind of over, overriding plot. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, like, 100% a plot-based, slow plot-based miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and the first issue, like, I thought was, was very good insight mm-hmm. to the world, but, yeah, n- just not what I was expecting at all. So, it's like disappointment isn't the right word, but it, was, it ended and I was like, oh, right, so that's what the, this kind of book is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And now, you know, having known that going into issue two, I love the fuck out of this issue. And so especially great. what I didn't connect with in that first issue was the art. And I don't mm. – I think – was the first issue only, was it penciled and inked by Mark Morales? Like I might be wrong, but this, uh, whatever, whatever, if it was anything different or just my head being uh, in a different frame of mind reading this issue, the art really clicked with me in on this issue. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, basically this is like a, uh, not set in the fifties. Um, and we have like, you know, uh, Snagglepuss is uh, the most beloved playwright in America um, from the South um, and, uh, and hiding his homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time that, you know, all these, bold new works are in the theatre and in, in people's hands in books at home and uh, you know the advent of television um, we have the red menace taking mm-hmm. th- taking over America and the uh, uh, obsession with outing communists um, especially in the arts mm-hmm. um, and so uh, yeah I guess that, that's kind of like the, the, the main plot point of, of, the, of this series is uh, we see um, uh being asked to go before a council at the end of this issue yeah um the world in which he lives in, you know, with all these failed writers that are also, like, you know, beloved Hanna Barbera characters, yeah. like Huckleberry Hounds and... the saddest. And Orgy Doggy. Yeah. Like...
1: The Huckleberry Hound story arc is so devastatingly sad, it made me want to cry. But, but like, so good. Yeah, I know. So, so it's, it's
0: funny, isn't it, that, that, that he does this with these characters, and if Tom King did it...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just like Mark Russell better, I yeah, think. I think I, I, Mark Russell's, like...
0: He writes less, so I think his yeah. his hands aren't as heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it's got much smaller hands. That's the thing. That's yeah, the thing. If you write, the more you write, the, the more the muscles hands, in your yeah. hands get, and then you get you you have to do heavy-handed writing. That's, true. Um, that's how it works the science. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, this this book is like you. This is a must-read, in my opinion. Yeah. Like it's it's a it's a really strange book, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's you know. But
1: it would be like it. It is one hundred percent a straight, like totally straight comic. But then half of the characters are animals. Yeah. Just for no reason. Totally. It's so good. <laughs> it's
0: so good. And, and it definitely has a has, has a has a case of why the fuck does this exist? Like, who yeah. let this happen? Yeah. But normally, I'm saying that in a bad light, but this is absolutely in a good light. Yeah. I'm so glad this exists. Mark Russell is a treasure.
1: He really is. I love him. <laughs> I don't know him, but I love him.
0: Uh, he's funny on Twitter, too. Follow him on oh, yeah? Twitter. Not, not enough people do. He's good. Um, So uh, let's go over to the priest verse now. Yes, please. Uh, Christopher Priest wrote two issues of DC Comics this week. One of them was the Justice League issue number thirty-eight. I like um, getting
1: a little priest double feature.
0: Yeah, me too. Especially because it's not going to happen for much longer because Snyder is taking over Justice League very <gasps> soon, which is a bummer because it's this is a the big best. Boo. This is like this is like on par with like Grant Morrison Justice yeah, League. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just like going over the top and saying that, but like no, no. Priest. Is, has a that's way of the vibe. like it, like that's the thing. Like, Morrison's best thing on that JLA run is the way he balanced all the different characters who mm-hmm. were all so individual, but like you know, he would pair different ones of them off. They would all like be against each other at parts. Mm-hmm. They would have to come together like you know to fight. But this is just it's so good, especially like this, his take on Barry Allen, the Flash, in this issue was excellent. Yes, like, not only doing new things that I've not seen the Flash use his powers for, but just yes. giving. Giving Barry he something to personality. say. Yeah, totally.
1: Totally. He, <laughs> I feel like Priest is like having fun with this so much because he's like not going to be doing it for much longer. So on the first page of this comic, Barry Allen says, I love toast. I might even go so far as to say I have a toast fetish. <laughs> Canon. Barry Allen has a toast fetish. He likes um, to be grilled and then buttered.
0: But this, uh, this comic also goes down the same road of uh, of uh, Batman issue number 39 and ends with uh, Batman potentially Batman a making out with uh, another female character, this time uh, Jessica the Green Lantern.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I sort of feel like this Justice League book exists outside of main DC continuity, so I don't really care. I also don't care.
0: I love the idea of Priest going like, Batman wouldn't marry Catwoman. <laughs>
1: Absolutely not.
0: Um, So, yeah. um, Great. Great. great Really, really great issue. Justice League
1: series. This is what I want from Justice League. This is the most fun I've had reading Justice League in a long time. He makes, like, Simon and Jessica... Appealing, interesting, well-rounded characters, well, for the first time. Like
0: Simon calling himself not just himself, but also like all the other characters that aren't like the main Trinity yeah. is like useless, kind of on yeah. the league. Like
1: he's like, we know where the second string is, and you it's so, guys know that. And right? it's so
0: funny for him, for him to say that to to Aquaman yeah. and Cyborg. Like, like <laughs> and Aquaman
1: standing there, like no, and
0: Cyborg's like, I founded this team. <laughs> it's great, and it looks like Cyborg might be the leader now. I love um, it. Really, really great. It's really good. Uh, so uh, um Priest also wrote Deathstroke mm-hmm. issue number twenty-eight this week. Um and this uh, with a brilliant crazy cover yeah. um featuring new the new Superman from China, Superman of China, um coming to to come take down Deathstroke. Um this had um pencils by Diogenesis Neves, which is definitely not how you pronounce his name. Uh and with inks by Trevor Scott and colours by Jeremy Cox, letters by Darren Bennett. Um and uh Another another instance of Priest just balancing all these like there's so many fucking characters in this series and sometimes it can get very overwhelming. But yeah. when you when you are on top of it, um, yeah. and I think that the annual that we got last week was a really was helped. a great really really helped. But this this issue was was really really fun. There's so many different threads. Yeah, um, I think this is pl- going
1: to read incredibly in trade.
0: Yeah, I, re- I read like the first twelve issues in trade and it was really really fun yeah. and rewarding. But um, man. So good! This is so so great. Like so uh, fun. Defiance, the uh, the team that Deathstroke uh, founded because he wanted to be a hero now has disbanded, mm-hmm. and Deathstroke is back to killing. Yeah, um, and it's like it's not really like it's not a celebration, but it's not like he's really regretting killing either. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a fun, interesting take, and when new Superman shows up, uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's, Absolutely, it's so fun and so grim in parts, and but just I don't know, just masterfully it's just written.
1: Just like this silly, sexy, weird drama where everyone's boning and killing each other yeah, yeah, like
0: betraying each other
1: pretending to be friends and then betraying each other it's just like the most it's the most drama of any superhero comic book, yeah and i love it
0: really really good fun um injustice 2 this week um I know i've been complaining about it recently is the uh, fucking zod showing up in every yeah. comic uh zod shows up in injustice 2 issue number 19 uh, i realize that I'm, I'm way out of order if you're reading this digitally i read the collected editions um, right. that come out um every month um and uh yeah basically like uh Zod escapes from the Phantom Zone when um, when Plastic Man is sent to rescue the Titans from from Ooh. the from the Phantom Zone. Um, that sounds fun. It's so much fun. And then this version of Zod is just like just like ruth like brutal and not not ranty. He's just mm. all action, no cool. words. And that's how Zod should be. Absolutely. Um, and the way uh, he's dealt with. Um, Or you know, at least at the end of this issue, he might not be dealt with permanently. Is uh, Batman has concocted a mix of kryptonite and Scarecrow's fear gas? Great! And the final page is so fucking amazing. It's just Zod standing in front of this enormous like demon bat (laughs) bat head surrounded by bats, and and Batman says, "You should be afraid of me because I'm going to fuck you up." (laughs)
1: Good job, Tom Taylor. Yeah,
0: so Tom Taylor writes this, and this issue had excellent art by. Um, oh, God damn it! Put the fucking credits somewhere interesting, somewhere easy somewhere to find. Interesting. Somewhere interesting. Don't put them somewhere interesting. Um, that makes our life difficult. Daniel Samperi with colors by Rex Locus. Yeah, great. Where's Abbott on le- letters? Great, great series. Um, James Robertson this week took over Superman uh, mm. for a short amount of time before Bendis takes over, um, and uh, alongside artist uh, Doug Mankey and um, some other people. It's
1: like the least Doug Mankey-looking Doug Mankey art I've ever seen.
0: Really? That, just, his face, his face. you know, he, he, no one does that John Kent face besides Doug Mankey. Yeah, that's
1: a bit weird.
0: It is a bit weird. That's. I Doug- like
1: the panel where they're flying, like the big page where they're flying up into space. That looks like Doug Mankey to me. The rest of it was looks just a bit rushed, maybe. Yeah, we've well, we got
0: uh, two inkers on this one. Jamie Mendoza and Scott Hanna, and Colours by Will Quintana. Probably on letters. Um, This is uh, basically um, uh, Superboy and Superman are in the Fortress of Solitude, paying uh, their their respects to the to Krypton by watching the
1: Krypton explode.
0: That's 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 how they do it. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but also I think kind of in line with what Superman would probably force his son to do. (laughs) Like thinking it's a good thing. I mean, this is the same Superman that went on a like a week long adventure to war War memorials across America. It's like, like
1: I, my mom used to make me watch really hardcore movies about the IRA and stuff like that because it was like part of our history. Yep. When I was like 12, Yeah.
0: Month. Well, I, I, yeah, give me Krypton just yeah. being destroyed over both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, um, you know, inspired by the actions of his ancestors, um, John Kent demands that, that Superman takes him um, to go save a planet from suffering the same fate as Krypton. And it's, it, this is just a simple kind of no-nonsense Bat, uh, yeah. Superman story that Of, of them travelling To an, another world And, and trying no to save nonsense, it Not
1: nonsense though Because it's like This dumb religion Versus science debate That they're trying to have But that's, like... that's
0: so comics Isn't that like The most comics thing ever
1: Yeah it is But it, I just don't think It's especially I don't think It's especially subtle
0: I didn't I, I didn't Find that Like I I didn't even look at it Like that I just saw it as like Oh yeah People in space are stupid Yeah <laughs> Next, <laughs>
1: but it was like religious people in space are stupid. Now we have to save them with science because they don't know what's best for them.
0: But I, I saw that as that—that's like the, the they—they—they're like, like a hive mind. Yeah. So like that's just like the way they were bred. Yeah. Is it necessarily religion? I don't know.
1: Well, I don't know. I just thought that was a bit, um, as as Nate likes to say, ham-handed instead of. Heavy-handed. He conflates heavy-handed and ham-fisted to ham-handed. And it's my favourite. Ham-handed's great. It's very (laughs) ham-handed.
0: Finally, uh, from DC, we got the fifth issue of uh, the most ham-handed DC (laughs) book coming out right now. Batman White Knight, written by Sean Murphy with Matt Hollingsworth on Colours. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it definitely. Thank you. Wayne just said, that's the name of the episode, and I have to agree. It was previously <laughs> going to be called The Rarest cup of All, but now it's called Ham-Handed. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, this is uh, the book in which um, the Joker cures himself and is no longer insane, and now he is... Trying to take down Batman as a as a man and, and prove that Batman is bad for Gotham.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my God, the fucking back. Have you seen the ad on this one? Yeah, yeah. First, yeah. First, DC gave you the world's greatest superheroes. Then DC rocked your world with Dark Knight's metal.
1: Nothing in between.
0: Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like so, it's not. It's like in the 1930s, DC created the 90s heroes. Then a month ago, DC <laughs> apparently rocked your world with a series that hasn't even fucking finished yet.
1: My entire fucking world was rocked all of it every DC, aspect of my life
0: dc loves itself right they're just
1: now. such nerds <laughs> they're just such losers i love it
0: dc is fine. dc stands for dick compliments mm. cuz that's Does what it? every yeah every e- this ad is like dc how good's my dick At first i gave you the best dick in the universe then i rocked your world <laughs> with my reinvented dick now i present my, dick my had big n- metal
1: spikes on it
0: the new age of my dick dc <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh anyway terrible white- terrible batman white knight uh, <laughs> yeah
1: i mean like okay i like sean murphy's um Batmobile design? I love his dick. It's great. (laughs) No, I love his Batmobile design. I think it's very cool. I like the way he draws and writes um, Babs, Batgirl. I think that's good fun. The two Harleys thing is very confusing, but it's kind of alright.
0: Yeah, that's alright. Yeah, yeah. I think this, this, this is, is this is one right. of this is one of the better issues, actually. Yeah, it's is a pretty good I, I, issue. It's, there have been some clunky moments in the in the issues before this one, but this was this a this is a fun one to read. The
1: whole story arc of um the Wayne's being Nazi sympathizers. So
0: <laughs> that's think, what I mean.
1: I feel like we could probably just do without that one plot thread. Not because we shouldn't talk about Nazis.
0: Yeah, shave a few slices of ham off your hands for yeah. that part.
1: <laughs> Put them in a sandwich. Delicious.
0: <laughs> uh, those are our DC reviews. Let's move over to Marvel because I can okay. get the fuck out of here. DJ. Yeah,
1: you are late for DJing
0: Hey go, DJ who, who books me for a 1pm set? That's silly
1: That's a silly man
0: um, Hey, I want to give a shout out to a series That I didn't read the first issue of until I, uh, until this week
2: Yay And that
0: is uh, Rogue and Gambit um, Which had its second issue this week too So I read one after the other Which is always fun um, Written by Kelly Thompson With art by Pere Perez um, Colours by Frank Diamada, And um, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna Great And <laughs> um, And uh, this basically sees Rogue and Gambit, the on-again, off-again lovers of the Mm -hmm. X-Men, the Mm -hmm. only couple in the X-Men that have an off-again, on-again romance, Mm -hmm. um, sent to a um, a, 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 a reconnaissance mission, um, but it's an island couples retreat. Mm
1: -hmm. So they, like, I love it. I love it so much because it's like, oh, there's this mission, but also you guys have to go through couples therapy. So we get to relive some of the best moments of Rogue and Gambit's relationship. Like in one amazing double page spread where they're like arguing about all the shit that's happened in their romantic life, but it's just images and speech bubbles. Yeah. And that was very clever, very it, well done.
0: Including all of the men and women besides each other that that they've made out with. Yeah.
1: It's so, like great. Rogue and Gambit are there and Rogan
0: Quicksilver, Rogan Dead Rogan Deadpool, yeah. And then I don't know. Gambit and Gambit and everyone. Chick with a mullet. I don't know who that is. <laughs> i 'm sure someone i'm sure I'm sure Daniel knows who that is. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll let, let me us know, know in let the me group. Know, Daniel. <laughs> um yeah this issue was was just it 's a really really fun plot it's really really great use of both these characters and um it's normally Kelly Thompson when she goes more dialogue heavy in these books i don't feel like it fits as well, but this She's nailing it. oh my god it fits in, in a way and you know what this really makes me um remember Chelsea Kane's Mockingbird yes, 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 run yes, yes, yes. really well as well which also was you know on a cruise at one point <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but not a couples retreat but just love cruises yeah i think it's just it's it's just great to see these a new take on these heroes it's not out of line with with their past iterations but it just it's just like oh cool rogues written by a woman now absolutely like it, it just
1: feels like it is like that um Kelly DeConnick Uh, translation of Barbarella where it's just slightly tweaked so that there is a little bit more female agency in everything that happens and it's just good fun this is like exactly what I want from X-Men comics
0: me too really really fun Um, so Kelly Thompson also wrote Hawkeye this week Um, we've got issue number 15 of Hawkeye written by Thompson with um, art by Leonardo Romero um, colours by Jordi Belair and letters by VC's Joe Sabino great Um, and um, if DC stands for dick compliments VC must stand for vagina compliments (laughs) Thanks, everybody. And that is
1: what I would like to say about this comic.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, this is such a beautiful book. and oh, um, I love it. I'm really glad I came on board, f- you know, for the end of this run. Mm. Um, but we now have both Hawkeyes uh, uh, kind of squaring up against all of their greatest villains, including yeah. Madame Mosque and then a bunch of, like, time Lady displaced bullseye uh, villains and yeah and uh yeah it's just boomerang yeah. uh, it's it's a lot of fun it's it's funny it balances both characters and it also has them sound like very different characters mm-hmm. um it comments on the will they won't they you know please fucking don't romance yeah. between um clint and kate mm-hmm. um and in a, in, a, in a good way that, like, you know, it's, like, just reassures you that it won't ever happen. But yeah. also, like, you know, how dare you rule it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I
1: just, Leonardo I... Romero has come, like, I feel like he has developed such a gorgeous visual style for this book specifically. And I feel like he's grown mm-hmm. as an artist yeah, me too. over the course of this book. And I just think, like, what he's doing now is so beautiful. The, the fight scenes are so great. And even stuff, like, they include Clint gets punched in the head and is like, oh, no, my... um. Hearing aid fucked up, and like he can't hear for a couple of panels, and just little stuff like that it makes these characters feel really human, really real, really flawed. Siobhan like, gets punched in the head all the
0: time, guys. it all the
1: time. I wish I got punched. No, what am I talking about? I'm sorry.
0: I had to do a boxing class last week. Oh. Punch, punching, pun- Punching for longer than a minute is difficult.
1: It really hurts. I've done like a couple of boxing classes, and I am. Not good at it, guys. I'm
0: especially not good at at being paired with someone like twice my size, <laughs> <laughs> like trying to hold back from punching me because if they punch with all of might, I'll fall over. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do boxing classes with my sister, and she is much stronger than me. Good I fun. can't hold the punching bag.
0: Um, I would put Leonardo Romero. Almost in the same uh, kind of... Actually, no, fuck it. He gets in there. He gets up upper, upper echelon with the likes of Chris Anker now.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, really, really stylized and great dynamic pale la- uh, panel layouts and also just like, you know, a fashionable take on... On young people, mm-hmm. which is a very, very crucial part of drawing superhero comics. Absolutely, M.O. Um, Chris Anker was the artist on issue six of Runaways this week, which we found out today is going to be at least twelve issues long.
2: Yay! Which is
0: reassuring. Uh, written by Rainbow Rowell and colors by Matthew Wilson. Um, Joe Carra Magna showing up for letters as well. Um, <laughs> I'm already regretting this decision. <laughs> um, Runaways is just such an awesome, awesome Marvel book. You know yeah. that that pays tribute to all of the Marvel, all, all the Runaways, like, you know, uh, series of the past, mm. while also being, feeling very, very modernized and updated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's great. It balances the kind of drama and relationships and the Hasleys, like, you know, out of, left of center kind of action for them to kind of be a part of that isn't just them fighting generic bad guys or like, you know, the same bad guys that all the rest of the Marvel heroes have to fight. Yeah, I'm sure that will come at some point. Yeah. But uh, it, it feels very personal to, to all these characters.
1: So sad for Molly. What a sad Molly issue.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Hard to read.
0: Um, yeah, totally. And also, especially hard to read if you don't like the idea of cats being eaten by a velociraptor.
1: But I do like also, that. Also, that, that's not what
0: kind of um, dinosaur it is either as well. Sorry. Ah, uh, yeah. It's a different um, kind of dinosaur.
1: But man, Chris-Anne could, like, the. I didn't know he was going to be so good at doing, like, f- funny visuals for old lace. But, like, <laughs> The little panel where Old Ace has been knocked out and is like sleeping with his butt up in the air is like <laughs> that was my favorite panel of the whole thing. I loved it so much.
0: <laughs> so awesome! Oh uh, yeah, this is just a great book. Um, and great, kind be- of the end of an arc now. So hopefully this trade will be out very very soon. I highly recommend it to everyone uh, who's who's read the the initial series, who's a fan of the TV series, who just likes good Marvel comics. This yeah. is this is one of the best ones. It really is. Um, where are you still reading Avengers? No, no, you gave no, up on it. I gave up. This was the uh, this was the best uh, issue so far of the Avengers No Surrender weekly um, Avengers book that's been written by Mark Wade, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub. Uh, we saw art um, by Kim Jacinto on this, with colors by David Curiel, letters by Corey Petit. Unfortunately, not as good as the Pepe Larez, Larez art, but um, still very very competent and great. Just a different style to what um, I like in my Avengers comics. Um, and uh, this basically basically like the, the whole No Surrender thing is a uh, um, the Grandmaster has sent a bunch of, um, you know, villains to Earth, big cosmic villains to Earth to have a battle. And um, he and another, you know, that un- unnamed challenger are like kind of bat- bet- bet- betting on both of the um, different sides of yeah. who's going to win. And, um, you know, you could argue, we've seen this a million times, this sucks. But we, in this issue, is all about the backstory but, but behind the Grandmaster and the challenger. Um, And it's really, really cool And and, and very in line with all of Al Ewing's cosmic stuff That he's been doing with the Inhumans And with the Ultimates over the last few years Mm -hmm. And I really, really enjoyed this issue Um, And I think it was, yeah It definitely made this big Avengers event feel different To all of the other, you know Come to Earth and have a battle events That we've seen in the past That's cool Yeah, really, really fun And uh, it looks like we're getting the Hulk back Oh, good Who cares, but whatever (laughs)
1: Um, I read The Amazing Spider-Man, issue 795, written by Dan Slott with art by Christos Gage. Um, no, he didn't.
0: Christos Gage doesn't do art. I know, you as idiot. I said that, I was like,
1: that's wrong. Uh, written by Christos Gage, art by Mike Hawthorne, inks by Terry Pallet. colors by Marte Gracia, Joe Caramagna also did letters on this. <laughs> um, it's like, this is fine, this is still the, like, Peter not really being on top of shit in his life vibe. Um, he and Mockingbird have broken up. That's like one of the key plot points from this story. One thing I wanted to mention about this, pretty much the only reason I brought it up, is there is six pages of uninterrupted ads in the middle of this book, which oh. massively interrupts the flow of the story oh, and made a, me really angry.
0: No I, in a way, I would prefer that.
1: No, because then you don't have
0: then, then the rest of the book isn't interrupted, right?
1: I don't you don't know you've just there's con- still other ads yeah
0: but you've got you just turned like 10 pages with no ads that's pretty, That's alright I don't like it
1: anyway it made me mad um, this is also uh, teaming up with Loki so we get to see Loki as the Sorcerer Supreme that's fun and fine. the final um, big reveal which because uh, the next big Spidey arc is going to be um, Norman Osborn based and we see in this Norman Osborn has is now Carnage
0: <laughs> <laughs> why not the end uh, this is going to be fine, the, right? this is going to be the way slot ends his run I guess cause- yeah I guess he, we we, haven't, we don't know who's taking over but we know that slot is moving to iron man which i think i'm all for Oh, yeah
2: that's cool yeah
0: pretty fun um black bolt issue number 10 this week written by um uh, saladin Ahmed. saladin Ahmed, with christian ward so i forgot his first name um with um stephanie hans uh on uh on backup art as well as uh letters by clayton Cows. Mm-hmm. um and uh this sees um black bolt um, kind of we see the crossover between um, this issue of Black Bolt with that recent uh, Inhumans mm-hmm. uh, special mm-hmm. whatever it was called uh, which was very good um, and also it basically is about Black Bolt like you know teaming up with um, getting
1: his groove back
0: getting his groove back and, 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 and teaming up with uh, Titania to take down um, Lash who has uh, stolen his friend the alien Linky. And um, something horrible happens to Blinky at the end, and it yeah. and it ties back to the very beginning of this run. So incredible storytelling, really but great. sad, emotional moments.
1: Absolutely, Selena. I it's so good. That's all. Yeah, it's so Christian good. Moore it's the so Christian Walks so here
0: too. Yeah, it's really, really great. The two of them were doing like very, very great work together.
1: Absolutely, I've forgotten the Christian Walks. I. Um i picking up the big hardcover collection of Odyssey. Yep,
0: it's currently acting as a paperweight for the two big hardcover editions of Saga. I have a lot it. of things I need to buy. <laughs> um,
1: uh, the Matt Fraction series, which was like the sort of gender-bent feminist retelling of Homer's The Odyssey. Um, and so, like, there's pretty much... No, like Christian Water's got to be up there with the best sort of crazy space nonsense out there yeah He's cool very, very good at that I, I,
0: I remember that being I, I, I have like the first four issues of it but I, I never read it because yeah. it, it's not like a, your standard comic book layouts and no. I was like I don't want to but it's
1: really bonkers and I was like oh man that was actually cool so I'm getting the big hardcover so I can reread
0: it awesome um, I read uh, issue number 5.98 of Daredevil this week Charles Soule with Ron Garney on art colors by Matt Miller Clayton Cowles on letters um and uh this was cool because um Rongani was able to do a bunch of like cool superhero based street art on various New York buildings because there is a a an inhuman villain uh who is also a street artist What? <laughs> but it's kind of great. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and and um and it's all being looked like um watched by um Wilson Fisk who is the mayor of New York presently mm-hmm. and he's hired um uh, Matt Murdock to work with him as well, um, and Matt Mur- Murdock isn't doing any of the things that he's been tasked to do. All he's doing is just eavesdropping on Kingpin's discussions. Nice. Um, there's a lot going he's on here, fired. Um, and I think th- this villain is like weird. He's like a he, he can also like destroy people with his mind, but he also yeah, his name is Muse. I guess he, he he like killing killing is his muse, and then uh. he does these big street art things of of, of Marvel's heroes on on buildings. It's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting yeah. plot. This is like, this is cool. And Rongani's art is really awesome. Um, I'm enjoying this run. Cool. Uh, finally rise of the black Panther issue. Number two written by, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Evan Narcisse with consultant Tanehisi Coates. Um, art by Javier Pina colors by Stefan Petro and letters by uh, Joe Sabino. um, uh, the, last, the last issue of this, I said I really, really enjoyed all of the history-based um, mm-hmm. stuff of, of, of the Black Panther, um, but it was very overwritten. It felt like I was just reading like an illustrated Wikipedia mm-hmm. article. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this issue kind of was less about all of the fun history tie-ins to the yeah. greater Marvel universe and more about... It was actually quite confusing because it jumped back and forth w- through, ta- um, through time mm-hmm. without using... Like, like te- any like, differentiation yeah.
1: in like colors or like.
0: Or even just telling us telling what fucking us, year it yeah, was. Like a yeah. Caption. Um, so I thought this was like, this was a very, very hard. Even though Namor was in it, um, yeah. decidedly less sexy than he showed up in, uh, than when he was in X Men Red this week.
1: Too much pants.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, too much pants is another <laughs> really good hit. Name. Is it better than hair pants? Let us know. If, if enough people. Uh, like, outrage that we didn't call this episode Too Much Pants. Yeah. I'll, I'll rename it okay, from cool. Hey Man. <laughs> um,
1: the best bit, the best moment of this whole comic is that um, T'Challa is trying to, like, open a door in a sneaky way. And um, Namor goes A password you say I have one that should work And then kicks in the door While screaming "Imperious Rex That's how I think that was Namor the... should enter all rooms Yeah that
0: was the greatest moment Of, the, of this issue for sure And that was worth it uh, So the next issue of this we uh, Looks like there's going to be Iron Man and Winter Soldier Involved I, I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, re- I'm really interested in the way Wakanda um, like,
1: Interact with Interacts with, with the rest of the Marvel yeah. universe
0: Because um, that's kind of What the, the whole movie's about Oh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, which is really interesting. Like, then this is, this mirrors a lot of the plot of the movie, actually. Oh, that's interesting. Like, it's not—it's certainly not exactly the same way they they, they play out, but mm. yeah. Mm. Just a week, so you can see it, Siobhan Ugh. Every day, I wake. Shivon wakes up to me spoiling a different part of the like, Black Panther movie. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the worst. <laughs> so,
1: I genuinely don't care about spoilers, though. I would just be like, huh. I oh, feel really? like it doesn't really ruin the experience of watching something for me. Yeah. Okay. So feel free.
0: All right. Uh, okay, we got three more comics to talk about, four cool. more comics to talk about, um, and they are from the other publishers' pile. And the top of that pile is Mech Cadet U by Greg Pak, Takeshi Miyazawa, and Triona Farrell. Um, this is a brilliant, uh, you know, uh, Japanese mech comic. Um, big, big, big robots battling uh, comic tribute. Um, yep, battling
1: and, kaiju, big kaiju crabs.
0: Um, and uh, in this in this issue, we see the uh, the, the the children of the crabs. Um, like little little baby monsters invade the um the cadets' headquarters mm-hmm. um, and they have to kind of band together without their mechs to save the day mm-hmm. um, and uh it was just Brilliant. I just I think this is a series, it's just like it's just an A plus series.
1: It really is. It's exceptional.
0: It's it, it, it feels like reading like a, a beloved cartoon.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um and, go, and and going like, oh yeah, now I know why everyone loves this, but you're reading a thing for the first time that Absolutely. you're not aware that everyone loves.
1: I think Greg Pack does a really good job of sort of trading in the kind of um tropes and stuff like that of so it, it feels very familiar and nostalgic while also being something totally new and he kind of uses the fact that you it, there is an assumption that you understand the kind of language and that sort that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, it's very it's rare for me to read a comic and be like, God, I want to see this as a cartoon. Yeah. Actually, no, I very, I very, very rarely say, I want to see this as a live action thing. I think yeah. I hate live action shit. Make more cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This would be the best cartoon.
1: It would be a great cartoon.
0: Um, so please, uh, someone listening right now, start animating Mech Cadet U. Absolutely. Um, it's one of the best best all-ages books at, uh, coming out at the moment. Agreed. Um, we also both read uh, Koshi the Deathless, issue number two of six, um, from the pages of Hellboy. This is written by Mike Mignola, the creator of Hellboy, um, doing a rare appearance of as the sole writer of a Hellboy spin-off book, mm-hmm. uh, with art by Ben Stenbeck and colours by Dave Stewart. Um, yo, this book's so good.
1: It's so good. It's very... Um like Grimm's Fairy Tales vibes. Yes.
0: Um, so we have um, Koschei the Deathless, who is this, uh, was he Russian or something? I don't know what he's, he's he, but he's basically someone who's made deals with dragons to be, to be immune to death. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, death catches up with him eventually and this book is narrated by him and Hellboy having a drink in hell mm-hmm. at the end of their lives together. Um, and uh, this one is all about the story of them trying to find a man who is the son of a fish and a cow.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and there's just these yeah bizarre like, fantasy horror kind of tales absolutely. intertwined in all the every character you meet has this bizarre backstory. Yeah, it's so fun and like
1: and it's totally like like I read a bunch of Grimm's fairy tales to um and they're really horrifying in this sort of sense. Like, or like a character will shop and it's just like yeah that he was born from the stomach of a fish. Yeah. You know, like, and you just go, cool. Accepted. But, yeah.
0: but this is, I don't know what, I don't know, this is absolutely a dark fantasy stuff, you know, and I, which I apparently hate. I love
1: this. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Mike Mignola, so good. So
0: good. Um, so yeah, highly recommend this, especially if you are, you know, someone that's read a great deal of um, Hellboy and BRPD, but, you know, the quality of the spin offs is, is never that consistent. This is probably the best spin off that I've read from this universe. Cool. So far. Um, you read "Monstro Mechanica." You should me thre- three. I
1: sure did. Written by Paul Allure with uh, art by Chris Evan Hui. Um, colors by Ow oh, Weyers
0: oh, I like the idea of her name being Ow.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, and Paul Alor does the letters as well. This is the like uh, Leonardo da Vinci, Medici's big monster mech guy there's a female assistant she wears pants and everyone thinks that's weird
0: historical based fiction yeah there you go not because he made a big robot because women wear pants what the fuck
1: i am too much down with it too much pants um but this is i think i mostly like this because of the art the art's really nice it's like good poppy sort of fun the story's something a little bit different i guess Anything else that's out there at the moment? It doesn't blow me away, but I am still reading it and I will probably continue to still read it. It's probably my favorite aftershock book at the
0: moment. Cool. Awesome. Um finally another vault book, um, issue number three of Zojaquan. Um, oh, good. Which is uh written by um Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig with um art by Nathan Gooden, colours by Vittorio Estone, and uh letters by Darren Bennett. Um this uh is this another weird fantasy book that I that I quite like because it's grounded in Reality, this may be a hallucination of um, a woman who lost her son to, um, like, I think police violence. I can't remember. Maybe it was a car. A car I, there's, there's two books at the moment with a, featuring a black woman who lost her son to either yeah. a car crash or police violence, and I can't remember how she lost her son. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, she's kind of like in this weird fantasy world where she's taught the aliens to defend themselves but then they've risen up to become worse monsters and time acts differently in the world that she's been transported to oh god but it's really really enjoyable and different and weird and cool why is everyone
1: doing that at the moment two people everyone
0: everyone they're all doing it um but yeah I, look it's a really really strange and cool series um I, I, it's something that would be wired up your alley if you were present to the week that the first issue came out but instead lynn read it with me
1: oh nice that call back. Call back
0: to the Lynn episode. That was a fun, fun yeah. time. Way I better than Lynn. way better than the Wayne episode. Yeah, fucking Wayne and the gym episode. Don't get me started. <laughs> but thank God we didn't have to do a Scott episode.
1: <laughs> In, man, okay. Imagine if you did do a Scott Rao episode. That would actually be great. Okay, all right, Scott well, Rao is one of the most like. Have another kid, mysterious, so I can do one. <laughs> yeah, mysterious Kings staff members. But also,
0: I don't, does, does Scott, Scott, do you read any comics anymore? Oh, he, yeah, re-teeps? he re-teeps. Okay, good. All right, He's what? also
1: the only staff member who also watches RuPaul's Drag Race.
0: Okay, I mean, all right, sure. RuPaul special. Maybe, maybe I should oh! be the one to sit up. Okay,
1: Scott, can we do a RuPaul show? Stop yes! saying. And also, stop
0: yelling the name of your favorite col- colorist. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fun things to come in the future. Uh, But first, it's the end of this episode. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with all kinds of comics for you to hear us review. And uh, you can find us online in the meantime, facebook.com slash the Serious Issues podcast or facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues podcast. You can find us uh, on Twitter as well at Serious underscore underscore issues or individually at C B G at LevDog, l e Uh, We're both on Instagram. Um, And uh, Mm -hmm. baby, let me tell you, I need more followers. I'm hemorrhaging them. Oh, really? Because all of the uh, followers that came on board the Levin's train when I was predominantly a DJ are now faced with the harsh reality that I have children, and that's all I (laughs) post. (laughs) So if cute kids and occasional pictures of me and Siobhan holding comics is appealing to you at all, come follow me because, baby, I'm losing like 10 a day. No way! (laughs) It's really... But,
1: like, what what did people want? They just enjoyed pictures of you, like, sweaty at parties? Yeah, I guess
0: so. (laughs) That sounds uh, cool to me. (laughs) Fat me as well.
1: Uh, uh, the heyday,
0: yeah. It's, uh, it's 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 the hardest part of growing old is losing all your followers. Mm, that's what my that's that what my, my grandpa told me. You oh, no, going, Wayne says no, it's not. It's losing your hair. <laughs> it's
1: known as the king's curse. <laughs>
0: Uh, we're also on Patreon. If you would like to make the Scott Rao and Siobhan uh, talk about RuPaul's Drag Race episode a oh thing. Oh, God. That sounds like the perfect Patreon bonus. Guys, And uh, let me, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that Scott Rao's fees for that are going to be enormous. <laughs> so come and support us over at patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, Siobhan. It was a pleasure as always. Lovely. And um, I'll see you next week. And you can hear us next week too. Woo! Both.
2: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more
0: podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD.